It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedford Hospital say changes made after baby's death. Home Secretary orders review into deaths in police custody and double signing takes Watford summer arrivals to nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At the inquest into the death of Casey Garrett, Coroner Thomas Osborne questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. He said there was a catalogue of errors leading up to the birth. The hospital trusts say they have already implemented a range of recommendations. Casey's father, Dean, Garrett says the coroner has also been invited to the hospital to inspect it. He's agreed to, to, to take them up on that offer to, to visit the, the maternity ward and he's also discussed other means of process improvements himself you know to, to again prevent further death so you know to hear that support from the coroner means means it means a lot to, to us because you know ultimately that's that's what we want to happen. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in custody. The Independent Police Complaints Commission is investigating two deaths at Luton Police Station, Leon Briggs in 2013 and Istiak Youssef in June this year. More from Dominic Cassiani. This review of how deaths in custody occur comes after the police complaints watchdog has been attacked for failing to get to the bottom of a number of fatalities. Launching the review later today, Mrs May will say she's been struck by the pain and suffering of families amid what appeared to them to be official evasiveness and obstruction. The review, to be chaired by an independent figure, will look at the procedures and processes around deaths in custody and other serious incidents, particularly those involving detention of people with mental illness. A post-mortem examination is to take place on the body of a 12-year-old British girl who died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. It's believed Jessica Lawson from East Yorkshire became trapped when a pontoon in a lake overturned. A criminal investigation has been opened to establish whether the activity centre where the school was staying was negligent. A mother in Bedfordshire is calling for more to be done after her five-year-old daughter was coerced into simulating explicit sex acts at school. The mother, who we're not naming says the girl was manipulated by a five-year-old boy who locked her in a toilet cubicle. The council concern says a safeguarding review is underway. More from Ben Nye. The school says it has met with the parents and reported the incident to a multi-agency safeguarding hub. But the girl's mother says she feels the school hasn't taken her complaint seriously enough and that the young boy's behaviour raises serious concerns. She's now moved her daughter to a different school. Britain's car industry says it's had the best first half of the year since 2008. Almost 800,000 cars were produced in the UK between January and June. In sport, Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Gerardo from Spartak Moscow and the Napoli defender Miguel Britos. And Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. The the weather dry with sunny spells but cooler than yesterday, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I've invented a new game. When Simon is... Because now, now we're in Dunster Bubble. When Simon does the news, he does it in the studio with me. He sat opposite me. And I... I for that whole three-minute bulletin, which was excellently delivered, I was pretending that he'd just met me in a bar and was like... It was like a really weird conversation opener. Him just telling me fact and ting. 
Morning guys, Ian Lee, but but BBC Three Counties Radio. Rock scissors paper, things you wave from. And have you ever used a celebrity's toilet? All of this and more is happening today on the show. Right here, guys. Right here. There's a boom and it's going on now. Boom. 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Three, four, one, two, three. Um, I've got no idea what this is, but I've not queued up any of my hotkeys, so I've got, I've just got to go with what I've got. So, I don't know what this means. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Guggen Garawal. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I mean... Um... I mean, I don't know, Guggen Garawal, that's, that, that's... That's not you. Is that not me? No. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Guggen Garawal. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Why? What are you doing? My headphones don't work in there, so I'm restarting my computer. So, so if you want to talk to me, I'm going to have to do this. I don't this. particularly want to talk to you. No, I know, but um, you couldn't talk to Kelly because she was on the phone, and what? I saw you open the mic, so I thought... What, 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 what you then do is you then do the cutthroat 
Um, close the I, mic. I did thing. this with my headphones. Okay. Um, I did the the silent scream no, and raising you're, headphones. You're doing the, my headphones are too loud. Not no. Thing. Anyway, I don't want you in here. So please. Uh, I don't want that in here. Okay, it was great to have you back. Who was that fella? <laughs> I've got no idea. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR if you want to give us uh, a text. You can. Now, parents of a newborn baby who died at Bedford Hospital are hoping their son's death will bring about change. Dean and Anna Garrett lost Casey last September after a series of errors at the hospital. At his inquest, the coroner questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives and said he'd be monitoring uh, progress there. Uh, Julie Say is the Garrett's solicitor and joins me now. Morning, Julie. Oh, good morning, Ian. Thanks, thanks for joining us at this ridiculous time of the day. Give us a little bit of background. What, what, it was last September, wasn't it? What happened? Well, um, Anna had a normal sort of pregnancy. She went into hospital, and by the time she'd actually arrived, she was actually um, in the second stage of labour and wanting to push. She was um, admitted there were, and unfortunately, when she was handed over to the midwives uh, in the delivery suite, there weren't proper handover notes. So... And then what actually happened was there was a catalogue of, you know, mistakes, basically, the failure to recognise that she was in the, you know, second stage of labour, um, failure to understand that the child was not descending uh, as it should, and it was in, the, in a difficult position, and not actually calling the doctors when they should. Eventually, they did actually put on a trace, that's electronically monitoring, and the midwife failed to um, understand that this was actually a very uh, poor, it, it was showing that Casey was in distress and mm. called a doctor. And then what happened when he, when he was born, he was effectively, you know, he wasn't breathing, he was flat. Um, the paediatricians tried to revive him and they eventually did after about 20 minutes, but unfortunately he went on to die. And... I think what was quite interesting that arise out of the uh, inquest is how um, there were the, the, the hospital had put in policies to ensure patient safety, but unfortunately the midwives weren't actually following this, and that's the reason why the coroner was concerned that you know, should students be trained there. And the leading governance, uh, Mrs. Gordon, was very concerned about that particular point. She did an independent review. So the coroner and the hospital, they're all working together to uh, see whether they can improve the standards and patient safety. So I think, in a way, Casey didn't die in vain, that something positive did actually come out of this. So we have yet to see what happens. Um, Mr Osborne's going to be writing to the educational uh, body for them to consider whether students should actually be trained by the midwives at uh, Bedford. If these, uh, I mean, I guess we don't know for sure, the the implication is that if these, uh, there's a series of of mistakes and uh, um, oversights hadn't happened, that that Casey would still be alive? Uh, Absolutely. Um, And the coroner accepted that. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, and the, the yeah. coroner, um, the, the, an inspection has been ordered uh, uh, um, by the coroner, which is quite, that's unusual, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, he's a very proactive coroner. It, it, it's heartening for us as lawyers and also for the, for the parents. They really did feel that every concern that they had was um, aired at the inquest. And it really did enable them to come to terms with their son's death. And that's exactly how an inquest should be. Mm. And the coroner takes his role very seriously, and he is going to be, he he's working with Bedford and a number of of other hospitals to really improve patient safety, which is exactly what we all want. Um, 
And I was very impressed with the way that he actually managed it. And I have to say the hospital has also been very open and they want to improve the services that they they provide to the public. I was going to ask what Bedford Hospital have said and uh, what their reaction has been. Um, I think they've taken this very seriously. They did um, instigate um, two independent reports uh, which were critical, which is very important. And it appears that they have actually taken on board the concerns and they've dealt with it. The, the, the midwives involved have undergone further training and they're going to be, and Mr Osborne's going to be meeting with the chief executive to ensure that these changes and that the midwives are actually complying with the protocols and guidance. That's just good practice. Uh, so we, So it's a very proactive and a follow-up because what happens is sometimes you have an inquest and then, you know, you hear six months later the same thing. Yeah. What we don't want is this to continue to happen because it's, it's bad for the hospitals, it's bad for morale. And of course, you end up with um, injured people. How are um, <clears throat> Dean and Nana now? Now, I mean, obviously, they've been very severely affected by it, but they've been hugely dignified. They, they too, want just to improve you know, uh, hospital practice, mm. and they're devastated that this, is, this has happened. It was their first child, I mean, any child. It's just, uh, it's unspeakable what's happened. Um, and, but they feel <clears throat> that in some way, Casey's death has been a force for change. But it's no, it's no sort of real consolation for them. Julie, it, uh, it's, it's, it's a really sad story, isn't it? And um, it sounds yeah. like they are a, a very special couple. And uh, Julie, they, are. I, they uh, yeah. are. I I've been hugely impressed with the way that they've dealt with it. And I, I, I mean, most parents, <clears throat> I don't think they could have seen the wider picture, but they have. Um, and it's such a personal tragedy for them and their mm. whole family. Thanks very much for your time, Julie. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank okay. you very much. Thank Bye. you, Julie. Say uh, the solicitor for Dean and Anna Garrett, who lost uh, their son Casey after just oh, a lot of mistakes. And it's sad, eh? And it's sad. Oh dear. Right. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Yesterday was a very uh, shady show. Not a lot of light. Don't worry. We're going to have some light this morning, guys. I am looking for contestants to play rock, scissors, and paper. We'll have some of that. Uh, if you want to play um, uh, weak link of the chain, you can have some of that as well. And uh, what things do you find yourself waving from? What does that even mean? I will explain in a bit. Let's get the trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Not much getting in your way across the region so far this morning. In Stevenage, Martins Way has a lane closed both ways for roadworks between Canterbury Way and the A602 Hitchin Road. Expect some delays later this morning. A delay is possible too in Bedford on Paula Radcliffe Way. Those roadworks at Cutthroat Lane likely to cause some problems later. No problems I can see on the trains. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, nice one, Tom. That's what I'm talking about. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 6.15. These are your headlines. Bedford Hospital says changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there and criticism at this week's inquest. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in police custody. 
and an investigation is underway after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. Treasure Quest on BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want this show to be censored. You've got a clean house. No. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to text in whatever you want to me. Hello. <coughs> Sorry. Guys <coughs> here. <laughs> You're right for all this. Gosh, I thought we were going to have our first live death. Saturday mornings from nine. I'm going to help the female section of the quiz, the quiz this morning. All Liz will do is just not let you have part two. In a new feature, let's find out. Ernie, how are you in your big rubbery face? It's a cross between Jack Parr, uh, Pat, uh, hang on. (laughs) Treasure Quest, every Saturday morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Germans are a patient people and good things come to those who wait. Like this When the world's a bit amiss And the lights go down Across the trailer park I get down I feel hot Feel on Then it's time to punch the clock. I put on some makeup, turn on a tape deck, and put the wig back on my head. Suddenly I'm Miss Midwest Midnight Checkout Queen until I head home. And I put myself to bed
Yes! Oh. Across beds, hearts and bugs. Yes. This is Guggen Garrow. This guy again. On BBC Three Counties Radio. This guy again. Okay. This guy again. Um, okay. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a score now, um, oh yeah, we'll do that in a second. Okay. Oh dear, blimey. I feel I lost the vibe ever so slightly. I think I can get the vibe back by um, doing this. As you know, I, I deal in facts and not fiction. Hang on a second, we need to go a bit louder. There we go. There we go. As you know, I, I deal in facts and not fiction. Ladies and gentlemen, the vibe is strong. Um, I, I luckily I didn't play. <laughs> I very nearly Catherine, and I, I very nearly played um, um, this. I'm glad I didn't. Yes. I'm glad I didn't. Your 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 positioning is all to cock. I know. Someone's been messing with my microphone. Yeah. So, there we go. Perfect. Perfect. Don't move. Don't move, Mr. Mannering. Now, okay. now this is a uh, man alive. Uh, there's some heavy stories this morning. Uh, we've been contacted by a mum uh, from uh, Bedfordshire whose daughter was sexually assaulted by another child at school. She wants the boy involved, uh, excluded, or at least punished, and is angry that hasn't happened. Uh, they're going to be very vague. We're not going to be very specific about where the school is or who the ki- people are or anything like that. Primarily because the two children involved, the one who was assaulted, the one who did the assault, are um, they're both five years old. Um, this is uh, this is a real mess of a story. Uh, now, normally we speak to a reporter about the details of the story, but due to the vulnerable nature of the people involved, there, there is there is limits to what we can yeah. and what we want to say, aren't there, Kath? But I think it is an important conversation because it's about expectation and yeah. maybe the way people think things should be handled. They wouldn't be privy to every way that things are yeah. being handled. Okay, yeah. so um, this involves two very young children who we're not naming, of course, we're not, uh, and we're also not going to give any hints as to which school we're talking about. So um, we won't be naming the girl's mother, but you will be talking to her um, later on in the programme because we don't want to identify the young girl. Um, And this case raises interesting questions about what behaviour is appropriate in children of five and the way um, inappropriate behaviour is dealt with if and when it does arise. So that's why we're going ahead with this. This behaviour, and we should tread carefully, don't worry, uh, is well. I mean, it's it's worrying on both sides of the story. That yeah. what are the details that we kind of we are allowed to give away and of this course, morning? We've got to say that although we've had it confirmed that there was a safeguarding incident at this particular school and that it is being dealt with, um, what we have the most detail we have is from the girl's mother. Okay, um, that's not that I doubt her word, but it's just that we have one side of this. Yeah. The girl's mother has told us that her daughter was locked in a toilet cubicle with another with another child, a five year old boy during lesson time. Now, according to the mother's account, the girl was coaxed into simulating a sex act and then told to keep what happened a secret. Yep. She didn't. She told her mum. Her mum took it to the school. The school responded by meeting the parents of both children and also bringing in a multi-agency safeguarding team who were investigating. I'm guessing that is standard practice. Yes. It's very strict on that now. That's not good enough, though, for the mum who emailed us. She wants the boy punished and excluded. And as that's not happening, she's planning to remove her daughter from the school. Here's the thing. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't want my kid going anywhere near a kid that did that. I also wouldn't want a five-year-old punished for that because the, the, we know a little bit more than we are being prepared to say. Um, uh, but for a five-year-old to to know what that is, they've either 
had it, they've either done it themselves, had it done themselves by an adult, or they've they've watched some really hardcore pornography. Basically, they've seen or, them, or seen it happen. They've seen they they've either experienced it themselves, or they've seen stuff that a five year old should not see. And that's what you don't you don't do this act. Just uh, trying stuff out. Just trying stuff out when you're a kid. You don't think as a five year old. Oh, I wonder. Um, you do it because you've seen it or you've experienced it. And indeed, the mum's email that, that um, the mum we were speaking to said that this is one of those that is a red flag generally for, for, um, you've got for the social be, services. I mean, it's terrible what happened to, to, to this girl completely. I'm not but how on earth did that boy know about that? Exactly. That boy needs needs protection, I would so say. So we've been speaking to the local authority. Yep. We know which local authority it is. Of course, we've been having a conversation with them. But I, do you know what? I'm not going to name the local authority either. We know it's Bedfordshire, OK? So yep. there are a number of them there. Um, the council is aware of a safeguarding incident at the school and in view of the concerns expressed by the parents, we are reviewing the actions taken at the time to safeguard the children involved. It's not appropriate for the council or the school to go into specific details of any individual safeguarding case given that we are required to manage these matters confidentially and with due regard to all the evidence available. Um, it's a really uh, awkward, uncomfortable story. I think the, the, the calling for the child who did it to be punished is... Um, you, you can't punish. Helped, I would suggest, is a, a slightly better way of looking at it. I do wonder whether they're communicating effectively with the mother in this. If she thinks nothing's happening, that's the wrong impression to give her, isn't it? Oh, um, do you know what? I'm really struggling to find a song that isn't hideously inappropriate. Look, I'm getting old. The next song is, is It Takes Two. <laughs> and I'm not making light of the story. I'm not. I've just suddenly I've gone into this really protective kind of... Um, the old man dad mode. Well, yeah, you know why? Because we're talking about babies. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna play a song. I'm look, now looking at the Kinks and just every Kink song that that, that it just seems to be completely inappropriate. So we won't we won't play a song. Thank you, Catherine. Oh three four five nine. Hey, quick one before you go. Yeah. One, two, three. Rock. Paper. Oh no, you did that. That was a delayed. It wasn't. All right, go. One, one two, two, three. three. Paper. Ah, oh, no, you flipped it. I didn't flip nothing. Well, all right, best of three. Okay. One, One two, two, three. Scissors. Scissors as well. Scissors, oh, well. scissors sisters. Scissors sisters. Let's call it a draw. But I won, though. If you want. Okay, thanks. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. You want some of this? You can have some of this. It's very simple. Uh, give it. Also, here's the thing. Now, I spent uh, uh, a week uh, last week um, waving at people. It's this weird phenomenon, right? Is um, we spent a lot of time either hiring a little boat, a little boat, or going on a t on a miniature train, right? Why on those two things? Is it acceptable? It's, it's kind of standard to wave to people. Um, because you look ridiculous. Well, I you were, I'm, we're on this train. It's a tiny train. The kids would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> on this tiny train, and there are people as close to you know, it's as close to me as you are now. Hiya. And we just, we just. But the thing is, I, I mean, the, the kids obviously were waving, and that's fine. And then the other kids and other adults wave back, and that's fine. But I'm there, and I'm. I'm waving at adults. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm the queen Children or something. Children wave at anybody anyway, even in the car. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. I'll give you that. I was jogging past the child and they waved and said, hello, jogger. Here's the, the, the problem I have with modern society. Well, it was a great good story, story mate. It? it really what was. What did you say back? Can I said, hello, Stan. 
still person. I, I, I really hope that that makes the podcast because that's what we want more of. But this is the thing, right? Because of uh, because kids aren't allowed to crawl around in the back of the car anymore, right? They're not allowed to to to, to they can't turn around and wave. To cars behind them. No, or, you know, um, do whacker waves. That's what we used to do. I, t- I see what it is. I think it's just gone politically correct. Exactly. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Further into London on the North Circular, it's heavy between Edmonton at the A10 and the Clockhouse Interchange heading west. Expect some delays later in Paula Radcliffe Way, uh, the A6 in Bedford. There are roadworks there still at Cutthroat Lane and Clapham Road. No problems I can see on the train so far this morning. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, sir. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there and criticism at this week's inquest. The coroner questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in police custody. Her review comes as the Independent Police Complaints Commission continues to investigate two deaths at Luton Police Station. And an investigation is underway after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Gerardo from Spartak Moscow and the Napoli defender Miguel Britos. Gerardo played under Watford coach Kike Flores at Atletico Madrid, whilst Britos says former Napoli teammate Valon Barami, another Watford summer arrival, helped persuade him to come to Vicarage Road. Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. He becomes their seventh summer signing, their second most expensive ever. Former Liverpool striker John Aldridge says Benteke's consistency will be a big boost. You look at his strike rate and it's uh, it's one in every two. It's something what we need when you look at what happened last year when we had four strikers who only scored eight goals between them for different reasons. But he's a massive presence. He can put himself about. So we've taken a lot of weight off the likes of Coutinho, Firmino and uh, whoever's playing in and alongside them. Stevenage chairman Phil Wallace says building a new north stand at the Lamex Stadium will be a pivotal moment in the club's history. The Borough Council has granted planning permission for the new two-storey structure, which will seat over 1,500 people with additional conference and leisure facilities. Work could start this summer, with the new stand opening in a year's time. Former Stevenage striker Calvin Zola played for Luton in last night's 4-2 friendly win at Thurrock. Jake Howell scored twice for the Hatters, with Pelly Ruddock playing 60 minutes on his latest return from injury. Britain's Chris Froome retains the Tour de France leader's yellow jersey going into today's 18th stage. The Team Sky rider has a three-minute, ten-second advantage, but BBC commentator Rob Hales says it isn't his title yet. He's completely solid at the moment. They gave him absolutely everything they could. Admittedly, it was only on a short, not particularly steep final climb. Uh, he was uh, singled out, Chris Froome. He was on his own. Everybody else seemed to have teammates, especially Movistar, and he's dealt with it extremely well up to now, but we still have a lot of climbs to come. It's not done yet. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Guggen Garawal on BBC Three Counties Radio. Can I, can I, are there headphones with a shorter lead, like a lead about this long? Because every day I come in here and there's a long lead and it gets tangled up in my wheels and it does my 
Lippin' Edin. Um, Let's move in gay and get it on. This king says to ourselves Don't have to share with no one else Don't keep your secrets to yourself It's kind of suit your show and tell Send that rubbish off. Dennis, what you got for us? Are you going to make any comments about the demonstration outside the L&D about the cleaners and the cooks? Um, um, because um, I, I've had a session with them over the weekend and oh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with either of them. Absolutely superb. The, the hospital couldn't do more for me when I was just... Uh, I had an accident and... Uh, you wet yourself? Out, the, food was, the food was excellent <laughs> and the cleaning was out of this world. So hang on, what demonstration? You, you, you're on, Dennis, and I know you. I, we're making light of it, and you're a good sport. But I know you've been quite. You, you know, you had a, 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 a poorly incident recently. What? So what? What is this protest then? They, they want they can't, the governor. Or the governors of the hospital are talking about putting it out to outside tenders for cleaners and for cooks, and it means the food will be coming in pre-cooked to be reheated. Uh, it's it's happening everywhere, isn't it? Um, it is. And um, I, ge- I guess it's to save money, isn't it? Yeah, but then you see, if they charge the same amount for each meal as they do now, they've then got to, the company is doing it's got to make a profit, so they'll yeah. take some of that money. Yeah. That's a, that's a problem, I think. But yeah. as I say, I was in there for nothing, nothing very brilliant, but they treated me like a king. The hey, place Dennis. was spotless, and the food was... I even had roast turkey on the Sunday. Oh, look at you with your roast turkey on a Sunday! Not bad, actually. Dennis! They were, they, they, the, the staff was brilliant. Can you hear me? Dennis? Yes? You can hear me, can you? 
Yeah, I can, yeah. You're just being rude. Right. Have you ever... Have you ever had it away in a phone box? No, I'm too fat to do it. Have it away in a phone box. There's a story. It was in the papers yesterday, and we didn't get a chance to do it yesterday, because it was kind of a heavy show yesterday with um, Penn School, which we're coming back to at some point, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Don't worry, um, uh, PR t- uh, team... <laughs> Who weren't paid, by the way. We did suggest yesterday that the PR team used, hired, employed by the trustees of Penn School may or may not be being paid, and we we've, we've, uh, can confirm they were not being paid. So there you go. There's a story in the papers, right? It's a really unglamorous picture, Dennis. I'm trying to find a record. Yeah. There we go. It's a really unglamorous picture. It's um, a, a, a couple, and I'll be honest, he looks like... Did you ever see the James Bond film Moonraker? Right, you know, you remember Jaws in that, the big fella? Yes. Right. He lo- yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, he looks like Jaws. <laughs> and she looks like my nan, right? Yeah. And they are having it away in a telephone box. Christ, that must be desperation. Well, well it says... The, the headline where the is... Hell was it, where the hell was the handset at the time? <laughs> <laughs> The headline is, we were on our way to buy a piranha. What? <laughs> we were on our way to buy piranha when we had a away. The shameless couple photographed romping in a phone box. And they are, the thing is, right, he's got, okay, young ears. His trousers around his ankles. Yes. Her trousers are pulled down a bit and um, he's wearing his sunnies. And um, they're in the phone box, and there's someone just taking photos of them, and they're just looking. But, you know, the shameless couple photographed romping in a phone box said they were taken short on their way to buy fish from a garden centre. Now... What? What? Sorry? Who are these guys? What? You've got those banjos strumming, thumping out of tune to beat the band. What? The whole plantation is a humming since you put Dixie oh. Dixieland. Hey, um. Okay, I think they've stopped now. So, I've been caught short before, but I've just gone behind a bush and by myself. I've never been caught so. I've never felt so, um. I can't say that word. I won't be able to say that word. I can say Randy. I've never felt so Randy that I've had to um, go into a phone box, Dennis. I can't picture this fella with jaws and a piranha, two sets of teeth fighting each other. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Dennis. It really is an hideous picture. Amateur boxer. Oh, this is nice, isn't it? I don't know. Amateur boxer Gavin Wayne, 30, and 41-year-old Lisa Curley, um, add 20 to that, um, added that they do not understand the fuss (laughs) after The Sun reported their moan box antics. You know what really shocks me about this? That they found a phone box. Oh, yes. I haven't seen one for ages. Um, the lovers revealed they are used to getting amorous under <clears throat> canal bridges, on riverbanks, 
romantic. In parks, fields and hedgerows. I'll be honest. In a right. hedgerow? In a hedgerow. It's very prickly, isn't it? That's a bush, isn't it? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> My, I'll be honest, right? The idea of having it away outside has never, ever... I remember years ago, right, when we were at college, and a girl I was going out with said, oh, um, Steve and Becky, I shouldn't use their real names, but I just have. They were having it away out on the grounds of the college. We should do that. I remember thinking, oh, really? I don't, I don't want to. And then luckily we couldn't find anywhere. It, it was just been oh, cold. in the whole grounds. Well, well, looking hard enough. And that was another problem. But <laughs> it just, it just, it does not appeal to me. On a beach, I don't want to get sand there. That's going to chafe. Uh, in the woods, well, you're going to get muddy. Supposing a dog comes. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing. Just throw a stick. <laughs> or give him a bone. No, no. There's nothing. Uh, we got the vibe back. There's not. Got too much vibe now. There's nothing about doing it outside that appeals to me on any level. I barely want to do it in the bed. I just want to go to sleep these days. It's a thoroughly. I have to ask the question, Catherine. Don't ask the question. I have to ask the question. Ha where don't finger my LPs. <clears throat> where have you been? You mucky pup. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Where have you been? You mucky pup. You just phone up and you say uh, Tesco's car park. <laughs> on the no, top, top, I haven't been there. Top deck of a number forty two, and then you put the phone down. That's our phone in. Where have you been? You mucky pup. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Dealey, take that to the streets. Catherine, where have you been? You mucky pup. Yeah? My dad listens to this. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what, I won't say, I promise you on, on my kids' life, I won't say it on air, but just tell me. Hang oh, on, and then there was the. Oh. Bear with and me, dear listener. It turns out it's quite a long list. Hang on. But that's not really outside, is it? Well, so I mean, it's, it's... It was it's, half out. It's undercover. But it... it, it, it OK, it, so then there was... Oh. have to continue this conversation after the show because we finish at nine o'clock okay where have you been you mucky pop oh three four five nine oh, there we go the people are phoning in oh three four five nine four double five five double five the lovers reveal oh we've done that middleweight gavin said i had a day off from training we both have fish tanks with me keeping piranhas um and lisa <laughs> with me keeping piranhas and lisa as a couple of turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so they do have things in common apart from horizontal jogging. And we were on our way to look at the fish section. Oh. Hang on a second. Um, is, is he calling in on what the thing... OK, I'm just going to ask the question. I want the answer, then he can go away. Alan, where have you been, you mucky right. pup? Uh, the roundabout, just up from the, your, uh, your old office. With which roundabout specifically? There are a couple. Uh, the one in, uh, do you know, Luton. Uh, do you know the office, uh, the roundabout just down the road from your old office? Yeah, the uh, one near the college. Uh, Is it the one near um, the, the, the uh, yeah, near the college or the one off the Junction 10? 
Uh, just by the... Just down the road from, uh, what was it, PC World, is it? Thank or? you very much indeed. <laughs> OK, there we go. We are, thank you, Alan. And we don't need to know any more details. Where have you been, you mucky pup? 03459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the anti-clockwise M25, building up now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Joining the M25, it's busy on the A405, the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood at uh, Junction 21A. Borehamwood on the A1 going south. That's queuing already between Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. No problems I can see on the trains. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Tom. Where have you been, you mucky pup? I just I don't want details, I don't want names, I just want the location, then you hang up. Or you can send it in the text, 81333, start your text, 3CI at 6.46, BBC Three Counties Radio. Weather coming up soon, but before that, here's the news. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there and criticism at this week's inquest. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in police custody. And an investigation is underway after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. 03459 555555. Here's Sarah with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. A fine day today, but all eyes on tomorrow, which is going to be pretty miserable, it looks like. We'll come to that in just a second. It's a pretty chilly start this morning, actually. Temperatures overnight have been in the uh, high single figures, so uh, watch out for that as you step out the door. I think you might notice a difference this morning, a much cooler, fresher start. Lots of sunshine right now, though, across the three, three counties, and we'll keep it for the next few hours. But there is some high clouds to move towards us by the end of the morning, turning the sunshine hazy this afternoon. But a top temperature of 19 Celsius, 66 in Fahrenheit. It is a fine and very usable day today. As I say, all eyes on tomorrow. We've got an area of low pressure spinning towards us from the southwest. The computer forecast models have not been agreeing on the timing and the positioning of this rain. At the moment, it does look like all three counties are in line for it after breakfast time, right the way through the rest of the day. We could have some quite heavy rain through the afternoon, giving us some uh, pretty impressive totals by the end of the day, more than an inch in some spots but as I say the computer forecast model is still not quite agreeing and the three counties actually could be the border between drier weather towards the north and wet weather towards the south so we could potentially not see as much as uh, we might be talking about at the moment we'll keep you posted on that one just 14 or 15 degrees as that rain comes through it'll feel quite autumnal still with us in the early hours of Saturday but clearing away later lots of sunshine for the afternoon top temperature of 18 Celsius and yet more rain for Sunday Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. For over six decades, comedian Ken Dodd has been touring and selling out theatres. I'm very blessed, actually, Mr Nick, because if the jokes aren't connecting as, as much as I'd like them to, I can always uh, burst into song. Weekdays from 12. Much of that music, not least the Happy Mondays, has not only stood the test of time, it still sounds... As fresh as it did then. It certainly does, yeah. 60s knockoffs. Are you sure that weren't that other lot? Not us. Nick Coffer. Live at uh, Woburn Abbey for the uh, Woburn Abbey Garden Show. It's very nice to actually speak to you in your home. You are the very proud garden manager. I am indeed, yes. I'm proud of what we've achieved as a team here at Woburn. It's fantastic. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Uh, we're asking the delicate question, and we're going to handle it delicately. And uh, I know that we've got, you know, some quite heavy stories. And oh, hello, sir. Where's, where's the cover for them? Where's, the, where's this? Oh no, I shuffled it uncomfortably earlier, and you removed it. Following Brazil's bossa nova comes the magic Tijuana sounds, the newest, freshest, gayest Latin tribute to popular music. Straight from the lively Mexican border town of Tijuana. There's not a town called Tijuana. Is. Is, is there? That is nonsense. There's That's also... like saying there's a, there's a country called Dixieland. Oh? Well... So Let me go on Google Maps. Hang on. Some would have fought you for that. This is the music of today, living, vital, exciting. It all hinges on the great Latin beat of the distinctive mariachi trumpet. So what we've done is we've, done is we've watered it down to bland white music. Do you know what else is in town in Mexico? Chihuahua. Chihuahua? What does that mean? Little dog. No, but I know what it is, but what does it mean? Place. No, is it? It's probably an Indian name. It is a place. Chihuahua is not a place. Of course, it is. of course it's not. It is. It is not. Chihuahua is not a place. Chihuahua. Chihuahua is not a place. It is. Uh, we're, we're asking this morning, where have you, what are we asking? Where have you been, you mucky pup? Where have you been, you mucky pup? 03459. Um, hang on a minute. Who's this text? Do you realise you have annoying trumpet-type music playing non-stop while Ian is talking? It's really annoying. I don't know what you're talking about. Annoying trumpet-type music? No idea. Who's he, who's he talking to? Paul says on the text, the answer to the question, where did you do it, you mucky pup? No, where have you been? Where have you been? Oh, where have you been, you mucky pup? I, um, uh, with a girl in a photo booth in Euston Station in 1984... And again on the train. Aye. Eddie, where have you been, you mucky pup? I think Eddie's still there. Alan, where have you been, you mucky pup? On an aeroplane toilet. Oh. Hey, was there someone there with you? Uh, yeah, there was someone there with me, yeah. <laughs> and, and when um, we opened the door to come out, there was three people queuing outside the toilet. Please, <laughs> please tell me you got a round of applause. Well, they all smiled. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. We don't need any more details. I've often wondered if it's like um, when you pop a champagne cork or open a bottle of wine or, 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 at high altitudes. There's a real, you know. Yeah. You know? Paul, where have you been, you mucky pup? Uh, hello there. On a, on a rickshaw going across the Main Street Bridge in Austin, Texas. Oh, there's the other one. And I don't need any more details. I, there's so much I would like to ask him, but I, I can't because of the rules of the game. Eddie's back. Eddie, where have you been, you mucky pup? I've been in a, uh, in a toilet on a train. It was on a Saturday night. It was very, very busy. And as I came out, I got a round of applause. He got the round of applause. You're getting one now, brother. You're getting one now. Oh, I feel like I preempted him with the, the well, well done. A round of applause. As Justin would say, that certainly deserves a sponge. <laughs> it does. Um, gosh, Scott says, uh, in answers to the question, where have you been, you mucky pup? The Blitz experience. And I replied, I don't know what that is. His replies... <laughs> it's like a World War II Madame Two Swords in London. OK. But arguably, that is what went on in the blackout. the Blitz experience. Baby boomers, guys, guys. That is literally the Blitz experience. Wowzers. 
Um, I think we can get away with this, although it turns out that one of the big, big bosses... This is his breakfast show of choice when, uh, um, um, um... Well, he's responsible for many breakfast shows. He chooses to listen to this one. So if you'd like to give us a call, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us how much longer we've got on our contract, sir, then we'll be uh, happy to have some of that. 03459 555 is the phone number. Uh, where have you been, uh, you mucky pup? Pete the Meat says, on top of a pallet of sugar whilst working at Tesco. What? <laughs> Kelly Bates! People put in their cakes. To fight into the mirror, time has changed what I am. Things these eyes have seen have made me a different man. Walking in the shadows, but I know my time will come. I can see this, I can see this when the darkness.
I'm not just saying it. Seriously, I love you guys. And I'm not. I am not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Honestly, we never see each other anymore, man. Honestly. Oh. Kelly, you're so beautiful, you too. <laughs> Kathy, you're so beautiful. Honestly, and I'm not just. I'm not just saying that. I'm not. I know what you're thinking. I was just saying. I'm not just saying that. I love you. Hey, that's the best one we've had in ages. I'm glad you You thought like I was going to hate that. Yeah, I did. I thought we the, thought we were going to hate it. I thought the drumming was a bit silly, but then, do you know what? I thought, oh, that's the sound of youth. Mm. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> it really uh, is. It is frenetic <laughs> computer drumming, because he's had to tap away like that on his keyboard. He's had to do, it's like playing Daley Thompson's Decathlon. <laughs> on the, you don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> no, the, the, the old people. He's done that with his drum machine. He's had to go mm. ZX, 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 ZX. Um, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Who is Good. that? When can I meet him? When's he coming round for tea? Yeah, whenever. Who is it? Uh, the singer on it is Stealth from Rickman's Mouth. <laughs> What's his the real name? The rest is Sean Smith. <laughs> the rest is uh, drum sound and bass line. They're all called Sean. These singers, aren't they? There's, there's Sean Puffy Coombs. Uh, Sean McGuire. Sean, Sean Ryder. <laughs> Sean Ryder. Um, Sean the Sheep. Yeah. Oh, Sean that went in EastEnders. What was he called? Sean, oh, uh, Sean McGuire. Uh, Sean. She just said, said that, that, mate. Oh, sorry, man. I'm still I, t- I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm not just. I'm so looking forward to the travel, and I'm not just saying that. Seriously, I, it's just, oh, so good. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, on the M25, anti-clockwise, it's slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Uh, also anti-clockwise, you'll find it's busy from Junction 17 for Maple Cross around 2.15 for the M4. Uh, coming into London in Borehamwood on the A1, heading south, it's queuing between Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. On the North Circular at Palmer's Green going west, you'll find queues between Edmonton and the Clockhouse Interchange. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Tom. On the, que- the answer to the question, where have you been, you mucky pup? Simon says on Twitter... Well, there's a restaurant in Woburn that won't be having us back. (laughs) Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedford Hospital say changes made after baby's death. Home Secretary orders review into deaths in police custody and double signing takes Watford's summer arrivals to nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At the inquest into the death of Casey Garrett, Coroner Thomas Osborne questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. He said there was a catalogue of errors leading up to the birth. The hospital Hospital Trust say they have already implemented a range of recommendations. Casey's father, Dean Garrett, says the coroner has also been invited to the hospital to inspect it. He's agreed to, to, to take them up on that offer to, to visit the, the maternity ward and he's also discussed other means of process improvements himself, you know, to, to again prevent further death. So, you know, to hear that support from the coroner means, means, means a lot to, to us because, you know, ultimately that's, that's what we want to happen. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in custody. Her review comes as the Independent Police Complaints Commission continues to investigate two deaths at Luton Police Station. Leon Briggs in 2013 and Istiak Yusuf in June this year. Here's Dominic Cassiani. This review of how deaths in custody occur comes after the police complaints watchdog has been attacked for failing to get to the bottom of a number of fatalities. Launching the review later today, Mrs May will say she's been struck by the pain and suffering of families amid what appeared to them to be official evasiveness and obstruction. 
The review, to be chaired by an independent figure, will look at the procedures and processes around deaths in custody and other serious incidents, particularly those involving detention of people with mental illness. A post-mortem examination is to take place on the body of a 12-year-old British girl who died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. It's believed Jessica Lawson from East Yorkshire became trapped when a pontoon in a lake overturned. A criminal investigation has been opened to establish whether the activity centre where the school was staying was negligent. A mother in Bedfordshire is calling for more to be done after claiming her five-year-old daughter was coerced into simulating explicit sex acts at school. The mother, who we're not naming, says the girl was manipulated by a five-year-old boy who locked her in a toilet cubicle. The council concern says a safeguarding review is underway. More from Ben Nye. The school says it has met with the parents and reported the incident to a multi-agency safeguarding hub. But the girl's mother says she feels the school hasn't taken her complaint seriously enough and that the young boy's behaviour raises serious concerns. She's now moved her daughter to a different school. The chief medical officer has begun a campaign to highlight the impending ban on smoking in cars when children are present. Anyone breaching the ban, which comes into force in October, will face a £50 fine. In sport, Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Girardo from Spartak Moscow and Napoli defender Miguel Britos. And Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. The weather dry with sunny spells but cooler than yesterday a maximum temperature 21 degrees celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties thank you simon we've got one hanging over from before there's some heavy stuff on the show this morning as you know um sometimes there is a very you can hear the gear changes you can hear a lot of clunky gear changes today I hope you can put up with it. We're going to go to some serious stuff in a second, but there is a story in the the Sun about a couple having it away in a phone box. They are brazen, brazen. The question this morning is, where have you been, you mucky pup? Don't need any names, don't need any pack drill. I just need to know, Bruno, where have you been, you mucky pup? In the public grounds of Roy Castle. Of Roy Castle? Roy Castle. A Warwick Castle! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I thought you meant like in Roy Castle's back garden. <laughs> Dedication, that's what you need. Thank you for hanging on, Bruno. It was worth it, trust me. Oh, man, I know, I know. we got some serious stuff coming up. You've got, you've got to have a laugh, innit? 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. Oh, this man. is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, it's, 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 one of those, it's one of those shows. We had a heavy day yesterday, uh, and we got a heavy show today. And, uh, what, what you going to do? We've not even got to the woman putting her kid in a washing machine yet. <laughs> We've not. Well, it's not quite that story. I've, I've fallen into the uh, Daily Mail bandwagon. There's a brilliant story about a mum, a kid and a washing machine and the outrage it has caused. It's kind of one of those made-up outrages, I think. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. And uh, in regards to this record that um, I've been playing all morning, Ian has uh, texted him. Ian, can I admit, I have the album you're playing. The cover is golden, 
with a picture of a trumpet. He is describing that album, Catherine. I'm yes, holding up the album. Has he got it right? He's got it absolutely He's got spot it. on. Why would you have it? And if you paid any more than the 10 pence I paid for it, um, then uh, <laughs> you're what I like to call sad. 10 pence that cost me. Have we got any texts before we, uh, we we crack on um, any more texts, or have I just done them? Uh, you have done them. Thank you very much indeed. 03459 is the phone number. You can send us a text, 813. Double three, start your text, 3CR. Uh, now to a very sad story. A coroner is questioning Bedford Hospital's fitness to train midwives after the death of a newborn last year. An inquest there, uh, an inquest heard there was a catalogue of errors before Casey Garrett's birth and a series of missed opportunities led to his death. Coroner Thomas Osborne says he'll be inspecting the hospital's progress. Well, Casey's parents are Dean and Anna Garrett and they join me now. Uh, I think we've got Dean on the line first. Morning, Dean. Oh, good morning, Ian. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm I'm really sorry for your loss. I, uh, you know, I hope that doesn't sound flippant. But it, it, being a dad and having friends who have lost children in um, in childbirth or you know just after is it, it's horrible. And I'm I'm really sorry. Thank you. Uh, it, it means a lot actually to hear that. And um, I, I suppose you know we've actually had a lot of messages, um, you know, sim- similar to that online since um, you know since that story has kind of gone out there and. And that really, really helps with recovery. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, what happened? It was September. I, and if, if at any point, I, I think I'm speaking to Anna in a bit as well. If at any point I ask anything you don't want me to answer or it's, you don't want to answer or it's too intrusive or painful, you, just tell me to jog on and I won't be offended, all right? But um, if you can, what happened in September? Um, well, actually, I really, I really wanted to, just, just before we, we begin, because there's, there's, there's kind of a, a number of things that have come... Um, come out since you know since the story has 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 really been shared and yeah go on you know there's there's quite a, there's, i think understandably there's, there's there's a lot of people that maybe um don't have the full information and you know and are sharing some concerns around what happens but there's also some people that um are leaving some quite i suppose concerning comments and i, th- I think that's just because they don't understand the full story well so, this is your chance dean to 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 give people the full story and, and set them straight so go on over to you so I think I just I just wanted to really just confirm what we wanted to happen, and you know, for us, we really wanted to to, to find out exactly what did happen on that on that day that you know led to the death death of our son, um, and we really wanted to to make sure that you know that's not going to be in vain, and you know, some some good comes out of that. So we're really keen to see that there's going to be some changes that happen mm. as a result of this. But we also just wanted to raise awareness, um, you know, for new mums and dads, you know, so that they can have a better understanding of you know what what can go wrong but also what options and what choices they have available to them that maybe they don't know about that you know would help them ch- through that um you know through, through uh, childbirth um, so there you know there there are main goals are you, you're, I, I, maybe i'm reading between the lines too much are you suggest are you suggesting dean that you've had a bit of flack for pursuing this are some people been unpleasant um, there has been an, an amount of that, yeah. A lot of the, the comments have been really supportive, and like I say, they, they really help us through this, this tough time. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's been a number of comments that, you know, obviously we're, we're quite emotionally involved, and um, we, we find them quite hard to accept. So there's, there's some comments along, along the lines of, um, you know, mistakes happen, and, and, you know, you kind of need to, to accept that. Mm. Um, but, you know, for, for us, that's... It's absolutely well, not 
What do you want to hear? There's mistakes, and then you know, there's some, there's there's losing a son. You know, I I, I had a, 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 a not particularly close friend, but someone who um, who, who lost their, their um, daughter when when she was born, and she told us that someone said to her, "Well, you can always have another one." Yeah. And it's just wow, you know. Um, well, I'm sorry you've been getting flack from some people. It sounds like it's a minority, but um, a, a, a minority that aren't thinking. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's that's really what just wanted to confirm. And I think you know it's it's also not about trying to, um, for a better term, dirty the name of any service or anything like that. You know, in, in terms of the NHS, you know, I think that they do a fantastic job. You know, they've they've been around for 50, 60 years and they provide free healthcare to millions of people. You know, and it's they... interesting you say that, Dean, because you would be well within your rights to, you know, come out all guns a-blazing against the NHS and, and to be very angry. And I think this is the, the the thing from having kind of looked at your story a bit yesterday and spoken to the solicitor earlier on, that, that, that um, you and, uh, and, and Anna are, are dealing this with, with real dignity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's absolutely not the case. We really, we really want... You know, we really just want some some good to come of this. We 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 don't want a death of our son to to be something that's just, um, you know, just you know another incident. You know, we've read stories in the past of of similar incidents happening, and you know, we we, we want this to be you know, the, the the pivot pivot point for change. We we want this to be the catalyst. All right, then, Dean. What 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 needs to change? What were the mistakes uh, or the oversights um, that that led to the death of your son that that could have been avoided, and you hope will be avoided in the future? Um, so there's there's uh, really a number of a number of failings. Like I, I think you know has, has already been highlighted, um, and. Um, I think that you know the, the inquest itself done an absolutely fantastic job at, at kind of bringing these to light and just clarifying what the the, the key issues were. Um, and also, you know, I, I just wanted to mention that the, the team that we were working with. So Julie Say, I think he, he spoke to her this morning from Hodge Jones and Allen and uh, Sebastian Norton from Surgeon C, and they were unbelievable through the inquest process, and they really helped you know us ourselves kind of find the answers. Um, <clears throat> Dean, Dean, just for those who don't know the story, uh, uh, um, and I'm sorry to ask again, but w- but what did happen? What what, how, what yeah. went so tragically wrong on, on the day that Casey was born? Yeah, so I mean, we we arrived in hospital um, around seven o'clock uh, in the in, in the afternoon, in the evening, and um, the day unit was um, quite busy. Um, actually, the, the the delivery ward was quite busy. Sorry. So we were asked to go to the day unit, which is not normal procedure. Normally, if you're if you're a mother in, in labour, you would go straight to the delivery ward. Um, so we w- we went to the day unit, um, and Anna was put on a um, a CTG, which monitors that the the, um, the heart rate of, of our baby. And um, it turns out that the, that the trace that was that was being captured there was um, not reassuring. Um, so there were signs within that trace that suggested that the, 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 the baby's health was compromised. And, um, you know, in, it, with, with that in mind, it, it should have been continued. But rather than being continued, it was, it was stopped and, and Anna was transferred to the labour ward. So it was really a missed opportunity just to, to confirm um, whether the, the, the baby was in good health. Um, so from there on, we went down to the labour wards um, and it was... Uh, probably around half past seven. So, 
from half past seven till around um, 11 o'clock, um, there was just a number of incidents. So I, I kind of see that as the mm. the kind of, you know, the, the, the delivery, if you like. It was those hours where, um, you know, we were in second stage of labor, um, confirmed as being fully dilated. And, you know, you, you kind of, you, you expect a little, little one to come along mm. imminently and, and pretty quickly. Um, but it, it wasn't the case. So the second stage of labor was prolonged. Um, and it kind of means that it, um, what I mean by it being prolonged is there's guidelines that the, that the midwives are following around the length of the second stage of labor. And once it hits these certain um, time periods within the second stage of labor, it's classed as being prolonged and, you know, they should be escalating it to an obstetrics team. And they didn't. And they, 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 did, they didn't kind of speed things up or, or, or get um, the, the, the people in with the specialist skills that were required? No, absolutely not. No, that, that's, you know, one of the, the, the other key errors. So a midwife actually, um, she did document a plan to, um, to, 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 get, to get an obstetrician or to find a doctor. Um, but, you know, she'd, she'd stated that um, the doctor was busy and, uh, unfortunately for us, she didn't escalate it to, to, to the next level. So, um, you know, although at that stage, the, the second stage of labour had prolonged and we really needed to get some expert um, help and advice, uh, we, we, we didn't receive it. Um, Dean, is um, I, I'm, I'm aware that we're kind of running out of time, and I feel terrible because this is a you know that we have to compress a story like this into a, into a time window. Is, is Anna there? Can I speak to Anna? Yeah, of course. Thank you very much. Good morning. Morning, Anna. You're right. I'm okay, thank you. Uh, listen, well, I, I'm I'm not going to keep you on too long, so I don't I you know I I, I don't want to push this. This is such a sad story. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you confident that the the um, the changes that need to be made will be made, that people will kind of um, uh, learn from uh, Casey's passing? Um, I, I have to be honest. I, I think at this point, um, not yet. Um, I think it's... Um, I hope it's all in progress. And, um, I mean, we were reassured um, that since the incident, there were changes implemented. Um, it wasn't really ever summarised of what, what um, changes exactly happened. Mm. Uh, but what we were reassured by, by the coroner that any progress he makes and any changes he will find out, he will keep us uh, kind of in a loop. Um, so there is this reassurance. So we, I, I think at the moment we just hope and we believe that, um, that, that that's the beginning of the changes. But if that already happened, um, I, I I can't say I'm confident that it did. It, it sounds like you've got an excellent coroner who's kind of taken this case personally and is, is really keen to pursue it and, and see things push through. What's your communication been like with Bedford Hospital? Um, it was... Um, so, f from the um, time of the incident, uh, when we lost our son, um, the, the, the communication was... I have to say quite open in terms of we we knew there will be a process um, of the investigation which will be externally undertaken um, by um, different trusts. Um, we were involved. We had opportunity to raise um, our issues from the start of what we think um, was the problem, and then 
and and really the questions which we had from the beginning um, openly were answered just this week. Mm. Um, but they were taken into consideration um, by external um, investigators who um, was actually very, very um, helpful to us. And, and she really took the time to listen to our concerns too. So not only one side of the story, it was we were uh, included in the external investigation process. Um, and um, I, I'm not sure how to say that. I, I don't know what is a good standard or bad standard of, of communication at mm. this point. I think it's it just comes as a um, just going through the process. I but guess I guess the, the key is: do you feel uh, do you feel happy with the level of communication, or do you feel you've been excluded slightly? Um. Again, it's, it's, I think at some point, yes, we were included in the external um, investigation. Um, there were points where I think we, we felt excluded in terms of actually what actions have been taken mm. uh, by hospital from preventing this incident to happening again. We didn't really know what, is, what the situation is with the midwives, what... Um, trainings, what lessons are being then taken. And I think for parents in this kind of situation, it, it's important because that puts some peace in your heart that if yeah. you know what is happening and actually this part was, yeah, was, was missing. Um, I'll say what I said to Dean and I, I hope it doesn't, you know, sound trite or patronising. I'm genuinely really sorry for your loss. Um, you know, it, it's just so sad and I really appreciate both of you coming on this morning to talk to us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Dean and Anna Garrett. Ugh. Oh, it's, it's just you know, it's, uh, and I feel I feel uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable. Um, it's 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 always difficult interviewing people like that. Having a conversation one to one in a cafe or in the house or something is an easy thing. But I'm I'm having to kind of do a job where I've got to be a bit factual and I've got to ask, I've got to press for facts and I've got to ask for facts and but also I'm a dad who's yeah. actually feeling thinking oh god I'm so lucky I've got my boys I'm a human being that's feeling empathy for that that poor couple who've been through that horrible situation it's really difficult not to say isn't it that's you know that's what I get paid for is having those conversations because um I don't want to upset them but I want I don't know and I don't want to patronize them as well by saying something yeah but a lot of people would avoid talking about it altogether and yeah. that doesn't help either, well I'm really it? glad I'm really glad they came on Dean and, uh, and Anna Garrett thank you very much indeed we missed the travel it doesn't matter it's BBC three counties radio we can still have this it's the news on uh, Thursday blimey the 23rd of July I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio, Bedford Hospital says changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there and also criticism at this week's inquest. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in police custody and an investigation is underway after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. Good morning, it's six o'clock. For waking us up. The headlines, elderly care And getting us going. I'm listening all week, yeah! Here it comes, baby! For making us laugh. <laughs> and making us cry. You wouldn't wish it on anyone. For expanding our minds. We're going to take a walk through Luton, holding hands. 
see if anything happens. And broadening our horizons. But if my liver's literally not, not hanging off on its last threads, then... You can up your drinking. <laughs> For all of our hopes... You can be sure that I'll never, ever forget you. Or very lovely husband, John. And I leave that on there. She might read it, I don't know. And our dreams... Watford are promoted to the Premier League. The final whistle goes at Stadium MK! The Dons are in the Championship! For not just listening, but living it too. I think Tim needs to go to Waterney. Where? Waterney. For all of us. BBC Three Counties Radio. 03459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Guggen Garawal. On BBC Three Counties no Radio. Idea. Is that, that someone who works here? A mother in Bedfordshire is calling for more... Don't worry, there's light coming, guys. Another blast of dark and then there's light, I promise. A mother in Bedfordshire is calling for more to be done after her five-year-old daughter was coerced into acting out explicit sexual acts at school by a male classmate. Uh, the mother, who we're not naming, says she feels the school aren't taking her concerns seriously enough. Claude Knights is the CEO at Kidscape. Uh, morning, Claude. Now we're deliberately kind of not being very. We're being very vague about where this is and very vague course, about the people yes. involved. Well, it's a um, sensitive case, of course. Yes. Well, it's really sensitive, and uh, it's two five-year-olds um, and a one. You know, locked. Up, they were locked in a toilet, and one got the other to do something to them. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the kind of the, the knee-jerk reaction would be, well, let, let punish this kid, punish the kid that do this, but. It's a five-year-old yes, that is encouraging someone else to perform a very specific sexual act. Yes. And you've got to think, well, where has that five-year-old got that from? Of course. I mean, it's really a hugely difficult issue to address. You know, it's, it's really challenging, isn't it, for us as adults to think of children or even adolescents as capable of, you know, sexually abusing others. Mm. So, you know, it is, it's kind of entering into a very, you know, dark and unusual world. And obviously, without any attempt to, to comment on any particular case, yeah. you know, we have to remember that any child that young engaging in what is, you know, very precautious and, you know, on, on every level of, of analysis and appropriate behaviour so young would be sadly a subject, would have been subjected to, you know, some images or mm. experiences you know, which were totally and utterly disturbing uh, to uh, the them. Be- and at them. the best, Claude, I feel so sorry for everyone involved in this oh, story. Yes, there, there are absolutely no winners in this at all. But at no. the best, that young lad has seen this happen, either in yes. real life or in vi- uh, on, on, on yes. films. Yes, at the you worst, what you see, don't yeah, you? Or at the worst, has experienced it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's not unusual for children who are, you know, abused themselves to reenact things with young, you know, with, with peers and even sometimes younger children uh, because, you know, in a sense, they've learned some of these behaviours and it has given them certain feelings and they haven't been helped to understand, you know, how all of this is in, inappropriate. So, yes, so there, there, there are so many aspects to this which, and, which, you know, which need to be addressed. And yes. this is not to negate, you know, kids, hey, kids play around and, you know, mess around. I've got five-year-old and three-year-old boys and... Yes. You know, they, 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 they play around and they do stuff. And as a parent, I hopefully kind of explain why some stuff is inappropriate. And, and But this is such a specific yes. thing. It puts the school in a really difficult position, doesn't it? Because yes. obviously the parents want their kids protected. But this this kid that's done this is also yes. needs I mean, help. Basically, of course, the, the, the young person in this situation is, is a victim and, and needs 
he needs all the support you know that that, that he can get and there's there's a you know there's a, there is obviously a, a, a case study behind this and uh, from what i hope uh, the, the you know there will be a number of agencies now helping and and supporting all the families involved and i think you know you made a very important point earlier about there is natural curiosity about body parts of course and, there uh, is. and different genders and I think it's very important uh, for parents to understand the difference between what is appropriate curiosity at that level and, you know, that which seeps into the, in, in, you know, into, into the dysfunctional, really. And, and there, there, is, there is quite a lot of help out there. There is a campaign called Stop It Now, which people can Google, and they have some amazing leaflets about um, information uh, in relation to children, you know, under five and five plus and what is, what is appropriate and inappropriate and how to deal with things mm. in a way which doesn't alarm children. Oh, yeah, don't, don't shame them. You know, there's, there's that thing of, of you can go the other way and, and shame them. You, the, yeah. you know, you see, you see your five-year-old son touching his willy and you can... You can that, that's a pivotal moment. You've got to handle that situation oh, very, I, very uh, yeah, carefully. Absolutely. The way you handle that, you know, might decide many other yep. things. And what, Claude, what, is, what help is there for, for, for schools? Would the, 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 the head teacher at the school, for example, have had training? Is there yeah. a, a body that they can go to to get advice on how to handle this? There, there certainly should, you know, there certainly should be teacher training on, on these issues. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, though, that every teacher would receive that, but certainly the, there's a child protection officer and, you know, but most teachers would have uh, a ways of, you know, the first rung of what, what to do in these situations, of course. And, and there are child protection programs that mm. exist. I mean, some schools are better at this than others, but certainly Kidscape does have one which, uh, which actually works with everyone, the parents, the teachers uh, and the children. So that everyone's on the same page. Well, Kidscape uh, is an excellent kind of starting point. If you know, uh, if if you've got questions about this kind of stuff, absolutely, absolutely. And as I say, I would anyone listening who has you know deep concerns or indeed just wants to be more informed, if they Google "stop it now" and they can download, you know, very very nice leaflets uh, at, at the touch of a button, really, at the click of a button. I'm going to have a little look at those straight after the show because it's um it's 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 a tough one. Uh, uh, Claude, thank you for taking up this topic you know because i think many people might have uh, you might avoid thinking about it and i think we need to protect oh. our children we need to be informed claude i've got to say while we've been talking we've already had a complaint <laughs> saying that we're, we're encouraging kids to try this stuff out they, they must be listening to a different radio show you know it's um well, absolutely i mean this I think... is always a thing you know and then we as a society we sometimes hide from issues exactly and... and that's part of the problem is it that it would be so easy to either point the finger of blame at this boy or ignore this and not talk about it when I mean, these are, these are important things that we need yeah. to address to, to, to help other kids. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to keep our society safe. I really think we have a duty of care here. And uh, as adults, the more honest and open we can be, uh, the better, I think, for children. Absolutely. Claude, it's always nice to talk to you. It's a shame it's generally about, you know, kind of quite hard stuff. But thank you, Claude Knights, the CEO at Kidscape. Did you hear that, Joyce? That's the reason we're doing it. Is we're not we're encouraging kids to try it. Are you nuts? It's to protect other kids and it's also to empower parents to kind of know that, you know, yeah, your young kids, they're going to play around with their bits and pieces. They might even play around with someone else's bits and pieces. Um, you know, it's kind of doctors and nurses, show me yours, I'll show you mine kind of thing. We've all kind of been there. Uh, but this this very specific case is, is um, oh, it's just so upsetting because the ki- the girl that it happened to, that is awful. And it's traumatic and, and terrible. But the boy that did it, you've got to think, well, what the hell is that boy going through? What's happening behind his front door? Claude, thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the trans. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 going south, there's a lane closed. It's looking heavy because of a breakdown between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes. In Dunstable on High Street North, the A5 delays because the traffic lights aren't working properly. They're only letting a few cars through at a time at West Street. It's busy on West Street from Medway. On the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's heavy between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. Also anti-clockwise, busy between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Coming down the A1 towards London, queuing between Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner in Borehamwood. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At this week's inquest, the coroner questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in custody. Her review comes as the Independent Police Complaints Commission continues to investigate two deaths at Luton Police Station. And a post-mortem examination will take place today to find out how a 12-year-old girl from Hull died during a school trip to France. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Gerardo from Spartak Moscow and the Napoli defender Miguel Britos. Gerardo played under Watford coach Kike Flores at Atletico Madrid, whilst Britos says former Napoli teammate Valon Berami, another Watford summer arrival, helped persuade him to come to Vicarage Road. Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. He becomes their seventh summer signing and their second most expensive recruit ever. Former Liverpool striker John Aldridge says Benteke's consistency will be a big boost. You look at his strike rate and it's uh, it's one in every two. It's something what we need when you look at what happened last year when we had four strikers who only scored eight goals between them for different reasons. But he's a massive presence. He can put himself about. So we've taken a lot of weight off the likes of Coutinho, Firmino and uh, whoever's playing in and alongside him. Stevenage chairman Phil Wallace says building a new north stand at the Lamex Stadium will be a pivotal moment in the club's history. The Borough Council has granted planning permission for the new two-storey structure, which will seat over 1,500 people with additional conference and leisure facilities. Work could start this summer with the new stand opening in a year's time. Former Stevenage striker Calvin Zola played for Luton in last night's 4-2 friendly win at Thurrock. Jake Howell scored twice for the Hatters with Pelly Ruddock playing 60 minutes on his return from injury. Britain's Chris Froome retains the Tour de France leader's yellow jersey going into today's 18th stage. The Team Sky rider has a three-minute, ten-second advantage, but BBC commentator Rob Hales says this isn't Froome's title yet. He's completely solid at the moment. They gave him absolutely everything they could. Admittedly, it was only on a short, not particularly steep final climb. Uh, he was uh, singled out, Chris Froome. He was on his own. Everybody else seemed to have teammates, especially Movistar, and he's dealt with it extremely well up to now, but we still have a lot of climbs to come. It's not done yet. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Never did too well at school, but I learned all I need to know. Park out to change a tyre and clean myself from head to toe. But some knowledge has eluded me and one puzzle still remains. What on earth is the mystery of Abbas Langley? Fire Brigade Did all the helmets 
go missing one day Or did a dog get stuck up a tree? Did a ghost one night go down their pole? Pray tell because it's torturing me Tell us the secret, let the cat out of bag Because the puzzle still remains What on earth is the mystery Of Aberslangley Fire, Aberslangley Fire, Aberslangley Fire Brigade Cockneys Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, there will be some of you arguing that um, going from talking about what we've just been talking about to talking about a, a horrible couple having it away in a phone box is inappropriate. Probably is. There's a big enough gap. Trust me. I'm a professional. We were on our way to buy Piranha when we Haddock away. Oh, really? Exclusive. It's a, and it's a brilliant picture, isn't it? It's a brilliant picture. She looks so disinterested. I won't. I nearly did the thing we did out there. I won't. The shameless couple, photographed romping in a phone box, said they were taken short on their way to buy fish in a garden centre. On the back of this, not literally. Oh, we're asking, where have you been, you mucky pups? And thank you to Adam, who sent us a photograph of where he's been. He wasn't there at the time, thank goodness. Left tunnel, Nicky Lyon Bridge over Queensway and Hemel. Very drunken walk home with a girl. And then he's done a semicolon and a closed bracket, which if I've noticed, if you turn your head one way, it looks like a wink and a smile. <laughs> Clever. Amateur boxer Gavin Wayne, 30, and 41-year-old Lisa Curley added that they do not understand the fuss after the Sun reported their moan box antics. It was right next to a main road. That's what the fuss was. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Did they know that phone boxes are see-through? Well, no. <laughs> they, they think they, they closed the door. They didn't think no they could, could be seen. seen. They were. Um, uh, we were. Uh, they were spotted by an outraged couple. This is really. <laughs> So outraged they took a picture. Is, is, uh, we're doing deals later. Okay, right. So let me just... Um, and this, this, uh, hang on a second. No, the couple didn't take the picture. They were spotted by an outraged couple passing in a car on the way to pick up a Chinese meal. Uh, detail. <laughs> That's... Well, once you've had some, you always want some more immediately afterwards, don't you? No, I want to go to sleep. After a Chinese meal, I'm referring. I'll have a 42, a 58, and a... No! no. <laughs> the woman driver... Turned round. <laughs> Just a bullfight. <laughs> the woman driver turned round and honked the horn <laughs> while her husband took a picture. Hang on. They were. What was the word that was used? They were outraged. Horn. So outraged that they turned around, honked, and took a picture. Gavin and Lisa, who've been together for a year, live not far from the phone box in Tamworth. And they're the talk of the town. Gavin said. I heard the car going, but I didn't think it was blowing at us. I wasn't really concentrating on what was going on outside. I was enjoying myself too much. Oh, I'd have rang it. We've had dozens of calls from people who recognise us. They're we, in the phone box. <laughs> we, we like having sex outdoors. It's healthy and it gives you an extra buzz. It's healthy. When the doctor says you need more outdoor activity, they don't mean that. And a phone box isn't outdoors. It's in a wee-stained box. Well, I mean, again... Um, Lisa, who has four children by a previous partner, uh, said we were, we were both in the mood and we were just taking short as we passed the phone box. Gavin's got a great body from all his boxing and sometimes oh. I can't help but jump on him. Oh. <laughs> she wasn't jumping there. Looking um, out the window. I thought, she says, I thought folks going past would just think it was two people making a call. <laughs> I didn't think we could be seen because of the reflection. It's a glass door. <laughs> He's got his trousers round his ankles. Put his shades on. <laughs> In disguise. 
It wasn't a full-on session because we didn't have the room, but yes, we were having sex. Then this is this is a line from the Sun. This isn't a quote from the person. Right? This is the, the newspaper saying this bit. The 30-year-old bloke who took the pictures said, "You see dogs at it in the streets, not humans. If children had seen them, they'd have been traumatized. They'd have been traumatized." But Gavin countered, "We're sorry if we really offended anybody, but I don't believe we have. It's the first time we've tried it in a phone box. It was a bit strange being in one." As everyone uses mobiles these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. On a similar theme, I was Thanks, quite Dennis. shocked. I wouldn't say I was outraged. I, but it did. It, I was startled. <laughs> this is the last line. I've got to read this Go last on, line. This is the last line from this. What? <laughs> Change this. This is the last line of the story, right? Okay. And this kind of somewhere goes to explain. Actually, this poor couple are struggling. I don't think we'd get involved in that dogging stuff where people meet up for sex in cars. Besides, I can't afford a motor. Stop buying piranhas. Save up. <laughs> That's the only reason they're not going dog. Besides, I can't afford a motor. An aquarium is a very expensive hobby. <laughs> The good question that that, that, that um, really is um, not being asked here. Why would why would you have pet piranhas? Mm. That's an odd an odd thing to do. Um, Trophy fish. No. We're all God's children. We're all God's <laughs> children. But listen, oh, last listen, week, mate. you know you've been to Amtil. It's quite genteel, isn't it? Oh, Amtil's beautiful. Okay, right. You know that sweet shop they've got out there. Um. Yeah, it's got like jars and stuff and Wayne scales. Proper sweet oh, shop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I drove past there the other day and go. there was a couple. I mean, to say it looked like he'd fallen into her mouth and was struggling to retrieve himself. Oh right? yeah. What was extraordinary about this what, couple what had was into, into his whole face. His face had fallen into her mouth. And okay. she was trying to spit him out. Enjoying it, Joyce? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd complain. You, you've got a legitimate complaint about the last five minutes, Joyce. Definitely. She's gone out. She's too busy to talk to us. Okay. Um, what was startling about this was that this, this couple were in their fifties, if not sixties. Good uh, for them. Snogging no. outside the sweet shop. No, that's that was my delayed reaction. My first reaction was. They're having an affair. My second was, flip it, eh? Put her down. My third was, good on you. And my fourth was, isn't it funny? Everyone else is pretending they haven't noticed. Billy Crush. Billy Crush is calling in. Oh, but get him on. I'll just put you straight through. Put him on. Let's stay there. He's going to tell us an off-colour story. You know he is. He's on Fader 2, but I have no idea what he's saying. Billy, I have to ask the question. Where have you been, you mucky pup? Hello there. He can't hear me. Hello, Billy. Hello there. Hello, Billy. Yes, a very good morning to you. Where have you been, you mucky pup? Where have I been? Yes. Well, I, uh, well, well, I'm just listening to your show. I haven't uh, been anywhere. I'm asking. Have you heard the? Hang on. Have you heard the story about the classy couple that were having it away in a phone box? Oh, uh, yes, I have heard it, yes. Yes, it's been the main thrust of the show. We're asking this morning, Billy, where have you been, you mucky pup? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Uh, oh, you, you've got me right on the hop this morning. Yeah, oh, there we now. go, you see. But I, but I, I wanted to say to you...
you've made my day with putting by the Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Oh, it's a song that was um, inspired by you and dedicated to you. Yes. You're the mystery of the Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade for uh, 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 man. That's right. Yeah. Ah, any more mysteries unsolved in your life, Billy? Uh, oh, blow me. You've, you've, you've caught me on the hop. You anyway, love hopping, don't you, I'll, Billy? I can bring you back. Speak to you later on, Tata. Well, that was nice. You put up the bat signal and Batman responded. Do you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to bring in my karaoke version of um, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Is it on vinyl? No. Well, what do you think you're doing? Digitalis. But it's and Friday go- tomorrow. You're, no, 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 no. I, 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 hang on a minute. I might have you're thinking. Go. We could play Outside of the Rabbit Hole. What? Mm, what song is this? Why do I know this song? Hang on a minute. What song is this? Start again. No. Oh, key change. Hang on. I don't think I've got it on there. No. Look, I've got my hard drive with me. Tomorrow, guys, tomorrow I'm going to treat you all to a rendition of B-I... No, B... I-Y-S. Yeah. I'm going to treat you to a rendition of B-I-Y-S. This bird has one word. Yes, mate! Of course it is! Oh, here's a tier one taxi. I've got a band to come in. November we're doing the... Ca- if I'm still here. Intense negotiations are going on, guys. Uh, November, we've got a band coming round... I'm giving them 30 quid for travel because they're coming from London. Okay. So if you're not oh. here, I'm giving them 30 quid. Thank I, you, Frankie. No, actually, I, I won't be here, so do you want to give them 30 quid? Source the local band But like you. a wedding band that knows loads of songs. Yeah. No, they need skills. Yeah. But not like a rubbish band, like no. the ones... Huh? Well, for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Get me some band names then, guys. Get me some band names. Get yeah. me some band names. Sort it out. We're going to have it. The way we're going to do it, between six and nine, we're going to have a band... Playing live here, they're going to know all the songs, all the songs. You rock up, you say, um, do you know, um, do you know Jumping Jack Flash? It's a gas, gas, gas. Of course we do. Get in, fella. One, two, three, four, Jumping Jack Flash. And they'll sing along live. Live karaoke. Do you think David Luton will do uh, You Got Me Going? No, he won't call us for six months. Still, still owes me a tenner. I suspect from Dave in Luton, what we're probably going to get is, um... Yeah. Dave, I think you used a rude word in there. Tough, mate. Yeah, I know, but it's inappropriate. Do you think that's acceptable? Yes. OK. Be like that. 03459 four double five five double five. Where have you been, you mucky pup? We'll be finding out where Dealey's been. He's a street dog, so, um, I mean, it could literally be anywhere. Always up for playing rock, scissors and paper as well, if you want. Oh, and I've got to tell you about the kid in a washing machine. It's just the most amazing, made up, Fooey. Oi! 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking heavy on the M1 going south. There's a lane blocked by a breakdown between Junction 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes. The inside lane closed in Dunstable on High Street North. There are delays there because the traffic lights aren't phasing properly. They're only letting a few cars through at a time at Church Street. It's busy on West Street from Medway and on Church Street from Priory Road. Thanks to Michael for the update. Uh, the M25 going anti-clockwise. You'll find that's heavy between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40 and between 26 for Waltham Abbey and Junction 25 for Enfield. Coming into London on the A1 at Borehamwood, it's queuing between Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Tom. Where have you been? Oh, oh hang on, oh, this blooming stupid machine. Hang on, don't worry. There we go, there we go. Right, it is mm, 7.46, it's Thursday the 23rd of July, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital says changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there, and criticism at this week's inquest. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in police custody, and an investigation is underway after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. Is the weather with Sarah! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you ask the band to play Nutbush City Limits for me? Not Proud Mary. Nutbush City Limits? Nutbush. <laughs> How did I say it? Nutbush. You, you said Nutbush. Oh, OK. How not bush? You... I was. I don't know, I think I was trying not to be so northern. No, hang on a minute, hang on a second, hang on a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, 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 no. The, the <laughs> Proud Mary, definitely. Nutbush. <laughs> Have you ever heard the song that you want to sing? Nutbush. What's it called? Nutbush. Yes, the fact. It's my accent. You haven't got an, your accent less. You're like me. We don't have accents. No, that's right. Not not bush, but forever it shall be, what Sarah. Bush? It'll be nutbush. Where you go, please? Oh, I wish I'd not tried. Now, really. I uh, think we all do. Right. Never mind. We all do. Uh, keep that out, the Sony Award entry. Uh, a dry start this morning. Uh, it's been a bit cool out there as well. We've got some uh, sunshine now, but actually the sunshine has already started to turn hazy as the advance guard of tomorrow's weather system starts to make its presence felt. So we've got some high cloud moving in and turning that sunshine hazy for the rest of the day. But staying dry, top temperature of 19 Celsius, 66 in Fahrenheit. We'll keep temperatures well up in double figures overnight tonight because we keep that cloud around. And then tomorrow, the three counties are are in line for this weather system that's uh, tracking in from the southwest, moving across our southern counties off towards the east and spinning some quite heavy rain towards us and a sustained period of rain. It'll be with us from mid-morning until the early hours of Saturday morning. But there is a lot of discrepancy between all the computer forecast models about exactly how far north this rain is going to come. So at the moment, the forecast is that the three counties will get the rain, but they're kind of border country between dry weather towards the north and wetter weather towards the south. So it could be that you don't see quite as much as we're talking about at the minute. A lot of caveats then about tomorrow's forecast. But definitely if you've got outdoor plans, cater for the idea of rain prolonged right the way through the afternoon and feeling chilly at 14 or 15 degrees. Into Saturday, we might start with the last remnants of that rain, but we clear up quite nicely. Dry, sunny and warmer in the afternoon at 18 degrees. 
Thank you, Sarah. Nutbush. Every weekday morning. One partially closed and the other didn't operate at all. I have contacted other companies who do it professionally and they said it should have been anchored down. The JVS Show. It was looked over by the garage and they told me to not move the vehicle anywhere. It's a complete death trap. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I'm getting nowhere. I've tried on numerous occasions to talk to the manager of this company. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. So they said, we're going to contact the customer, we're going to have a chat and we're going to make a, a gesture to that customer. And we could do the same for you. Without your programme, I don't know what you would do in the morning. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, J-Dog. Hey, good morning, boss. You well? Yeah, fine. I just saw you. The, the beauty, um, one of, let's say, a, a few beauties of being in this new place mm. is I got I got window on world, innit? And I just saw you... Microphone in one hand, yeah. growler in the other, yeah. walking along. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 with with just those two simple things, you've got a radio show. Well, yesterday was a very serious today. Serious day today. Yeah. I'm I'm back on the streets with yeah. uh, swagger, and uh, today I'm actually wearing a, a vest top for the uh, uh, the people, and uh, it's a, it's a nice thing to do on a nice sunny morning. In it, in it, no. Yeah. Now listen, have you seen the picture of this couple having it away in a phone box? I haven't, but I oh, can mate. only imagine, and you've described it very well. I don't <laughs> think I need to see it. it honestly, <laughs> it's the funniest picture. Um, it, uh, it's <laughs> he's got his sunglasses on. Here's. Genuine question, right? Yeah, yeah. Genuine, genuine question, mm-hmm. right? I don't wear glasses. I used to wear glasses, and then for for a while, it turns out I didn't need them. Um, I would love to need glass. I would love to wear glasses. I, I wouldn't like to need them, right? If you wear glasses and you can't see without your glasses on, right? Yeah. Do you keep them on, or do you take them off? Contact lenses don't come into the equation here. <laughs> do you see what you're doing, or do you have like a blank? A amorphous shape that you can it can you can project you know Gwyneth Paltrow or um, you know I don't know what floats your boat Katie Hopkins Gosh, whatever you're such an optimist well that's a positive um, well but but is that is that what you, if you've got glasses what well, I, what do I'm, you do I'm short sighted so I'm all right with close up work so do you, do you do you I can see you you, you keep them on or you, you do you I have them off them do you have them off I don't need them on for close up okay so so you just you just whip them off. Whip them right off. Okay. I'm kind of slightly confused with a question. Are you talking about sexy time or are you talking about normal time? I'm talking Why about... would I be talking about normal time? I so, need so, my glasses so, for that. So, so what exactly are you referring okay. to? Okay, I've got glasses, Justin. Yeah. I wear glasses. No, yes. I, I meet a young lady. She's got really bad eyesight. She wears glasses. That's part of the Explains charm, the Lisa it, yeah. Loeb thing. Lisa oh, Loeb yeah. phoned up Watco on his show yesterday. Did you know this? No, I love her. She just phoned him up. He was doing a periscope. Anyway, the conversation for off air. Uh, my friend does a radio show like on a small little station, and he was doing a Periscope. Lisa Loeb watched it and then phoned him up live on air. Isn't that I nuts? Had that one album. Beautiful. Stay. You stay. That was from the Dawson's Creek School of Singing, where you just get as many lyrics in as you possibly can. Anyway, what I'm saying is, Justin, should I be offended if I take home a girl who's got um, glasses on, and if we get into the bedroom, she then takes the glasses off? uh, Because she she can't see me. Oh, there we go. That was quick, eh? Here we go. Hang on a minute. Here we go. Let's see see how much of this we can remember. You ready, guys? Are we all together? 
To the distance that I'm running To anyone, anywhere Don't understand if you really care I'm here only here here negative No, no, oh. no, no So I, I turned the radio on I turned the radio on I found this woman was singing my song Lovers in love and the other That's run away um, so, yeah, would I, should I be offended if Lisa Loeb takes her glasses off? No. If she's long-sighted, yes. If she's short-sighted, it's fine. OK. Anyway, Justin. Yes. Where have you been, you mucky pup? I'm glad we <laughs> sorted that out, by the way. Where have you been? She's got her own range of glasses, Lisa Loeb. I liked her glasses. Yeah, she, well, she's got her own range of them. They're all of a... Anyhow, or anywhere, or with you. I used to rock that look. Here we go. You said that I was naive and... I thought that I was strong. Anyway, so Justin. Yes. Where have you been, you mucky bub? Um, I've been on the streets this morning. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Where, answer, the, answer the question. Where have you been, you mucky pup? And I, I look to you, as a man, I look, to, I look up to you for um, sexual inspiration. All right, OK. Very adult conversation, but I'll give you an answer. Brocket Hall. <laughs> Did you rock it in the brocket? Yeah. That's not outside. It is outside. Have you been to Brocket Hall, darling? Oh, <laughs> sounds like he's going to take you. Do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> right, you've taken this. Uh, this uh, you, you, listeners, you have a legitimate reason to complain for the last 25 minutes. Uh, you've taken this to the streets, Justin. Is it safe for, to play? It, it is indeed, and towards the end as well. You know the guy who always calls me Adrian? Um, <laughs> you, you, you... you <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, it's become a bit of a running joke. Uh, he features here yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, I think the rules were, you said, take it to the streets, ask people the question, where have you been, you mucky pup? But don't ask any further questions. Yeah. That's what you said. Um, a couple of them, I had to kind of break the rules because okay. I wanted to know more. But I think this is safe to play. We can't cage you with our human rules, Justin. No. You're beyond that, and I know that. Thank you, boss. So um, where have you been, you mucky pup? Here's what happened. Where have you been, you mucky pup? Chicago's car park in the smoking area. Classy guy. I am a classy guy. <laughs> a lot of geezers coming forward. Where have you been, you mucky pup? We've been at Kensworth. Church. Going to church. That's, that's, just, that's just where it happened. And it, it, it took me fancy, like, you know. So, where have you been, you mucky pup? BMX track. It's just there and then. Where have you been, you mucky pup? In a car park on the way home. <laughs> Jeff, where have you been, you mucky pup? In my back garden. Why don't you just stay indoors? Variety. Interesting answer, thank you. You're welcome. Sir, where have you been, you mucky pup? In a wood, up against a tree. 
Um, I'm not supposed to ask any further questions, but can we have a location? Mark 8. Great vibe there. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Oh, on a roof. I beg your pardon? On a roof. A roof. Yeah, I know what a roof is, but uh, I'm not supposed to ask any further questions, but can you tell me more? Mm, no. How are you this morning? Uh, all right, Adrian. Where have you been, you mucky pup? Nowhere. I've been here. He actually does call you Adrian. He does. No, it's a serious, genuine story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me laugh too much. That made me laugh too much. All right, Justin. Um, I don't know what we're going to send you out with. Um, I don't know what we're going to say. There's the story about the kid in the washing machine. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, that's, that's the right one. I don't think yeah. that's the right one. I don't. Sure. Uh, let me have a little. Let's have a little yeah. thinky, thinky bonk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no we'll worries. see what we come up with. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Justin. You made me laugh yeah. a lot. Cheers. Ta-ta. Yeah, take care, boss. Bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear Justin, um, uh, the other side of Justin, that's his new album of uh, love songs, it's not. If you want to hear <laughs> Justin um, not being um, the... Um, how do I put that? I don't say the village idiot, because that's harsh. The... Um, the court jester. Yeah. That's more it's of a compliment. It's the serious side of Justin Dewey. Uh, then download yesterday's podcast. We put the whole Penn School thing about this, this school in High Wycombe that's closing down and we got all this flack from uh, the PR company that the trustees have, have uh, engaged for free, as we suggested yesterday might be the case. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. And it's, it's what's interesting, um, PR guy and everyone else, is there are lots of bigger news outlets sniffing around it. So... You know, I don't want to go into too much detail, but fingers crossed, a couple of really big news outlets are having a little look at it to see whether they want to pick up and go with that. Uh, but Justin plays a, a, an absolute corker of, a, of a, an interview yesterday where he speaks to uh, the headmistress at this Penn School. So if you want to hear Justin, Matt, who do we send that to to get Justin an award? If not an award, at least a certificate. If not a certificate, then a pat on the back and a firm handshake because it's brilliant. His interview with the headmistress yesterday was brilliant. If you go to iTunes, there's a special um, uh, Penn School podcast it's not pat full of laughs. Could be argued that the regular podcasts aren't pat full of laughs, but it's um, it's it's a cracking listen. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just hearing reports of an accident on the M1 going north between Junction 12 and 13. There's a lorry in the hard shoulder, two cars in the outside lane. Now that's causing some delays. Thanks to Dominic for the update. So going past Luton. Uh, elsewhere, very slow on the A1 going south into the Black Cat roundabout. And in Copal on Bedford Road, partially blocked because of an accident at Willington Road. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Tom been sent this. I don't know what this is. This looks like it could be fun. Let's have a little uh, little burst. Oh. Why are you listening to Ian Lee? What? He's an idiot. Oh, no. Kip. Who's that from? You little... Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines Bedford Hospital say changes made after baby's death. Home Secretary orders review into deaths in custody and police search for missing man in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At the inquest into the death of Casey Garrett, Coroner Thomas Osborne questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. He said there was a catalogue of errors leading up to the birth. The hospital trusts say they have 
already implemented a range of recommendations. Case's father, Dean Garrett, says the coroner has also been invited to the hospital to inspect it. He's agreed to, to, to take them up on that offer to, to visit the, the maternity ward and he's also discussed other means of process improvements himself, you know, to, to again prevent further death. So, you know, to hear that support from the coroner means, means, means a lot to, to us because, you know, ultimately that's, that's what we want to happen. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in custody. She'll say that every such death has the potential to undermine dramatically the relationship between the public and the police. Her review comes as the Independent Police Complaints Commission continues to investigate two deaths at Luton Police Station, Leon Briggs in 2013 and Istiak Youssef in June this year. A post-mortem examination will take place today to find out how a 12-year-old girl from Hull died during a school trip to France. Jessica Lawson fell into a lake at an adventure centre when a pontoon she was playing on overturned. Ian Pearson is from the School Travel Forum, which regulates companies that run such trips. Investigators will be concentrating their efforts on what happened on the site, what were the circumstances that occurred, how did it happen, Are there any things that we can learn that we can disseminate through the industry? Or was it, in fact, a tragic one-off accident that couldn't be foreseen? A mother in Bedfordshire is calling for more to be done after claiming her five-year-old daughter was coerced into simulating explicit sex acts at school. The mother, who we're not naming, says the girl was manipulated by a five-year-old boy who locked her in a toilet cubicle. The council concerned says a safeguarding review is underway. More from Ben Nye. The school says it has met with the parents and reported the incident to a multi-agency safeguarding hub. But the girl's mother says she feels the school hasn't taken her complaint seriously enough and that the young boy's behaviour raises serious concerns. She's now moved her daughter to a different school. Police in Milton Keynes are carrying out searches in the hunt for a missing 38-year-old man. Stephen Keogh from Netherfield has been missing since May the 11th. Detective Chief Inspector Vince Gray is from Thames Valley Police. Over the next two or three days, we're going to be carrying out some searches of uh, some areas within Milton Keynes, predominantly around the, uh, the Milton Keynes railway station, Granby Housing Estate and Netherfield. From our point of view, along with Stephen's family, I say we are concerned for his welfare and we'd appeal for any help or assistance that you may give us. In sport, Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Girardo from Spartak Moscow and the Napoli defender Miguel Britos. And Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. The weather dry with sunny spells but cooler than yesterday, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, boss. That's what I was struggling for. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio of all places. What you doing? We're asking the uh, slightly awkward and mucky question. Where have you been, you mucky pups? I'm I'm just trying to get my head around, Catherine. What it is, we send, um, 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 what's the, the lad's name? Dealey. Adrian. What Adrian. we send Adrian Dealey out on. I'm just not quite sure. I didn't get a proper look at the papers. No, I know. I mean, do we, we could send him home early. <laughs> he had a long day uh, 
He had a long day yesterday. We could send him home early. I mean, is that is that an option that we're allowed to? But you know what he's like. He, he's tails wagging. He wants to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, there's the, the the thing about the washing machine. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. There's um. Across beds, hearts and bucks. We need Dealey. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We need Dealey in the last hour. We've got some heavy... We're about to uh, go dive into some heavy, heavy stuff. Two big stories, okay? So we need a little bit of Dealey. There's very little in the papers today. I mean, this... this, I'm not suggesting we do this. But I don't understand it. Why women taking the pill are better at reading maps. Uh... Are they taking, like, a special navigation pill? No, they're taking the pill. Um, 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 this, I mean, I'm going to leave it to you guys to have a little little, uh, little thing, because we need a bit of dealing in the last half hour, definitely, t- today. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to... No, that's the old number, isn't it? 03... What did I just say? Did well, I say 03 now. Okay, well, just give us a call on our number and that'll be all right, wouldn't it? Uh, so we've got some, a couple of heavy stories coming up, um, but they are, are, are really important and, um, and very big stories. Uh, parents of a newborn baby who died at Bedford Hospital are hoping their son's death will bring about change. We spoke to Dean and Anna Garrett in the last hour of the show. They lost their son Casey last September. An inquest found the hospital made a series of mistakes and the outcome could have been different if he'd been delivered 20 to 30 minutes earlier. He lived for just seven hours. Well, the coroner questioned Bedford Hospital's fitness to train midwives and announced his intention to inspect the hospital's progress. Roy Lilly is a former NHS Trust chairman who's now a health writer and commentator. Uh, Morning, Roy. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Good good morning. Morning. I'm worried. I hate this phrase, lessons will be learned or lessons have been learned, because it's such a kind of throwaway phrase. Um... There were a lot of mistakes made here, weren't there, in this case. Should we be blaming the hospital so much? Uh, This is a tragedy, isn't it? It's a a dreadful tragedy for the family. Uh, One hardly knows where to begin with this. Look, Mm. I mean, birth is, you know, for most people, it's a joyous occasion, the start of a new life, the extension of a family, but it's all gone horribly wrong here. I'm not so sure that I uh, agree with the coroner. Um, uh, he's delivered a narrative verdict, and, and a narrative verdict is, is generally when a coroner's got a lot more to say than just the cause of death, and, and they've tried to point in the direction of, of why this child uh, died in the circumstances that it did. Um, to say that, uh, if I if I understand what he's saying correctly, is that this hospital shouldn't be training midwives because of what has happened here. I disagree with that. I think that uh, whilst the the absolute majority of births uh, happen with uh, no incidents and no problems, and we hear, of course, about the times when it does go wrong, but the majority, the vast majority, go right. It will happen from time to time in the best one, best run and best trained of maternity units that nature and happenstance will conspire against a, yeah. a safe birth. And if, if midwives in training are not exposed to the full gamut of um, the, the techniques of their craft, 
and their skills and their profession, then that isn't training. I mean, they can't only see the good things that happen. They have to understand what can go wrong. They have to be prepared for what can go wrong, and they have to spot what might be going wrong and act appropriately. So... I don't think I agree with the coroner. Yeah, you're right. Of course, you know, training isn't just doing the the, the easy everyday bits. And and with every birth, there is an element of of risk. I suppose the argument in this case, Roy, could be that um, if these midwives were better equipped in terms of knowledge, then there is a very strong chance that Casey would still be alive. It's it's very difficult. You know, I I don't want to poke into this. I don't want to be prurient about it. Um, I mean, as I as I understand the report, the, the this dear but little baby died because of oxygen starvation around the time of its birth, and you know there are a number of reasons for that, and there might be uh, there might have been that if the midwife uh, involved had called for consultant support earlier, the child might have survived. We don't know that, and I want to be absolutely very yeah, careful. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm talking about the generality of births mm. uh, when these type of things can happen. Uh, you know, was consultant cover available at the time? Did the midwife uh, call re- recognise that she needed to call for help? I mean, what we what's worth saying, I think, is that midwives uh, um, practice. Uh, in their own right, they have their own caseload. They're they're a bit like doctors. Unlike nurses, uh, the, the generality of nurses, midwives um, do have their own caseloads, and they look after women. They have a named midwife, or they try, as it was when staffing and circumstances would allow. They have a midwife that takes them through their whole uh, experience of of giving birth and and being an expectant mum, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, it, 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 it's very difficult to talk about this without, you know, it, I mean, if the family are listening, then, you know, one really has to be very respectful of their yeah. circumstances. But we do have to be slightly hard-nosed and learn lessons, and that's really what the family have generously said. So when when the NHS says it, says it will learn lessons, well, I, I mean, I think that's reasonable enough. I think it would say, look, the majority of births have gone well. This, the midwife who is responsible for this particular woman's birth will, I'm sure, be distraught that something mm. has gone wrong. And all of us in the NHS will want to say, well, why has this happened? Did it happen because happenstance, accident, unpredictable events, God had decided that this baby shouldn't live. I mean, you know, there's a whole raft of things. That, that, Or was it, you know, an error? Was it something that could have been spotted, should have been spotted? And, and, and if it was something that could be avoided, then I think, of course, everyone would say, well, let's just find out exactly what happened here and say, look, could this have been avoided? And it may well be that it couldn't have been. Uh, and we have to accept the fact that we don't live in a perfect world and not all things could happen perfectly. But certainly, at the end of the day, everyone involved, you know, if I know the NHS at all, I know everyone involved will be saying, you know, we really do need to find out what's gone wrong here. But I think sheltering um, young midwives, training midwives from the likelihood of, of something going wrong is not the right approach. I do think it is the right approach for the, the hospital to investigate thoroughly and be absolutely honest and transparent with what happened. And it may well be that an investigation doesn't provide a satisfactory answer of a family who are in grief and, ex- and experiencing uh, the pangs of bereavement, which, which will be dreadful for them. 
but we do need, I think, to get the facts on the table and find out. And that's really what the mm. coroner is saying. He's saying, look, I'm not really quite sure what has happened here and we need to find out more. Roy, uh, it's, it's really nice talking to you this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, it, it, very insightful. Roy Lilly, former uh, NHS Trust chairman, now a health writer and a commentator. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. So this is... This is a really odd story, and I've seen it in two papers, it may be in more. They're trying to create a furore. I don't buy the furore. It's in the mirror. I'm reading it, it from the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail, by the way, which front page is the glam new face of BBC politics. What they mean is the female new face of BBC politics. Yeah. Laura Kunzberg. Uh, the glam new face. It's a woman. Why have we got to separate women into woman. glam and unglam? Um, it's a laugh. Mum posts picture of Downs boy in washing machine. Right. A mother has sparked outrage by posting a photograph of a toddler with Down syndrome inside a washing machine. Now, you read that, you think, flipping it. Until that is nuts. That is nuts. She put a, a Down syndrome kitty in the washing machine and, and shut the door. And what? Did she turn it on? She was taking pictures. This is outrageous. It's not the story. Courtney Stewart insisted she took the picture for a laugh. Oh, that makes it even worse. Heartless cow. After the boy had climbed into the machine of his own accord. In the picture, the two-year-old wearing blue pyjamas, remember, he's got Down syndrome, guys, can be seen curled up inside the machine while an adult holds the door closed. Miss Stewart, 21, shared the image on her Facebook page, but friends and neighbours reacted with anger when they saw it. One called police to report Miss Stewart for child cruelty, uh, prompting officers to visit home. She was branded a scumbag, a nutter, and one neighbour uh, uh, allegedly assaulted her on the doorstep. Miss Stewart said, He loves the washing machine. We took a picture. And it was a laugh. Right. Now, <laughs> I don't see... I don't see... Me, I, if my kids got into a washing... My kids are fascinated with washing machines when the kids are, when they're young. They kids are. Just sit there and watch it for ages. It's brilliant. It's better than CBeebies. Uh, if, my, if I saw my kid climbing into a washing machine, I'd yank him out sharpish. If you if, found him in there... I'd take a picture, then yank him out sharpish. I would take a picture. Now, the fact that she's holding the door shut, that means the door is not shut properly. It's not clicked yeah. shut. The catch hasn't gone. She's just pushing it to. Right. Is she holding the door shut because he's trying to get out? No. She's pu- she is pushing it to there, so she's yeah. not locked it because that would be a silly thing and to do. And here's the thing. What's the Down syndrome bit got to do with anything? Well, it's I don't son, get, isn't it? I don't get what that has got to do with anything. It's, it, it, it's there, so we go, oh, a disabled kitty in the washing machine and she shut the door and she took a picture and she put it on face bag what a heartless cow there's no story there mum takes picture of kid doing something dumb and then gets kid out where's what happened to your little girl well what hasn't happened to her but (laughs) you know we're in the age where instead of retrieving them straight away this was biggin right right biggin's got really long legs but she was quite tiny and, and and she's a string bean and um a few years ago so she would have been about three uh, there's a little muffled cry from the um toilet yeah a slightly echoey muffled cry mummy mummy help so i went in there and she's managed to get herself so i mean her bum must have been round the u-bend so she's, she's making a v-shape with yeah, her bum down I can the toilet see the top of her eyes and her toes either side of her face and everything else is down the loo so naturally i reached for my phone and took a picture and then she said, it's not funny, mummy. Yeah. And I said, it's a bit funny. Took the picture, got her out. And that's what we, as parents, that's what we do. Kids do something stupid, we take a picture of it. Is there, uh, is there anybody? 
offended by what that woman did? Or am I, am I just being naive here? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 going north, still reports of an accident with a lorry between Junction 12 for Flittick and 13 for Milton Keynes. That seems to be causing some delays on the centres. Thanks to Dominic for the update. The A1 going south, heading onto the Black Cat roundabout, looking very slow this morning. In Copal on the A603 Bedford Road, that's partially blocked because of an accident at Willington Road, causing some queues. In Bedford, Paula Radcliffe Way, uh, Lewis has called to say that's very busy through the roadworks. In Dunstable on the High Street North, delays because the traffic lights aren't working properly at Church Street at the A505. They're only letting a few cars through at a time. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 8.17, it is Thursday the 23rd of July. The 23rd of July already. Gosh. You won't notice this because you don't work as hard as I do. But when I'm (laughs) driving in... Uh, when I'm driving in in the mornings, it's getting darker in the mornings. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Is it? A cu- before I went away, um, you'd, you'd be driving in at about half past four, uh, quarter past four, half past four, and it was it was sunlight, it was daytime. Super Christmas. Yeah, it, it won't it just... I can't wait till it cools down a bit, it's too cold. We'll start wearing my jumpers again. Um, oh yeah, these are your news headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital says changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. A cyclist has been left with serious injuries after a hit and run in Goffs Oak in Hertfordshire last night. And an investigation is underway with a 12, after a 12-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, that's right. You just saw me stick my fingers up to the desk because I couldn't work out which button I had to press. <laughs> I gave it the fingers. That It worked, though, didn't it? It did. It sorted it out. Giving it the fingers. Good old British giving it fingers. That's right. So, here we are. Mind you, you're talking about... So, you, here you, we are. You, you, you're talking about it getting uh, colder. It's freezing today out there. You should get yourself out there. It's oh, freezing. I tell you what, I had to do... Stick around yesterday. I had to do a little cheeky pre-record that we probably can't use. It's too sweary. Uh, in your studio yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's half cold in there. I know. This this is hot in here. It's cold in there. Colder than here? Yeah. Freezing. I couldn't believe it. Really? I, I, I put my shirt back on. It was, um, <laughs> Did you? It was, it was, it was nice you and chilly. You put your pants back chilly on. Chilly willy. Didn't put my pants back on. No. So that, you might want to wipe that seat down. Now. <laughs> what, Disgusting. What is going on on your show today? <laughs> Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, I'm going to be asking, do you think it would be better if mums did stay at home with their children? I'll explain why I'm asking this question. Please do. As the school year draws to a close, a new report published today reveals exactly how much guilt and peer pressure working mums with school-aged children feel. The survey amongst mothers with uh, 5 to 16-year-olds revealed that 34% of the 1,000 mums surveyed admitted tension between themselves and their stay-at-home peers. 62% of mums say that the majority of playdates are made at the school gates, which means fewer invitations for children of working couples. But is it just a necessity that many mums have to go back to work? This morning from nine, I want to hear your reaction to this. Maybe your children have just broken up for the summer holidays and you're at home to be able to contribute to this programme today. Do you think it would be better if mums did stay at home with their children? Or do you think there was a very interesting article in The uh, Guardian 
uh, I think it was last last month, by Polly Toynbee. Mm. And she was saying that actually working mums benefit their children. Working mums yeah. set a good example for their children. I don't know, what's your view? From nine this morning we're going to debate this. I'd love your call with your view, your experience. 03459 455 555. It's the big phone in from nine. What about dads? Well, you're absolutely right, but this survey hasn't actually looked yeah. at dads, which is why. But you're quite right. There is, of course, an argument to say that in this day and age, yeah. why does it have to be the mum that stays at home? It could just be the dad. If my wife earned enough, I, I would jack this nonsense in with a moment's hesitation. I'd, I'd be a stay-at-home would dad. Would you like to oh, be a stay-at-home dad? I would love to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, I, I would love to be um, one of the most significant, a more significant factor in the development of my kid's life. And then when they're at school, I'd watch like um, Jeremy Kyle and stuff. So it would just be brilliant. I'm being wouldn't, slightly flippant. But wouldn't I would, you get bored? No. Because I have... I have uh... No, because there's stuff to do. When you're at home, you know, even if the kids are at school, there's stuff to do. Yeah, but I've got... I mean, my friends who've had children, and they've all had careers beforehand. Yeah. And I, I'm, this is generally women I'm talking about here, but they have said to me that they've really enjoyed their maternity leave, they've enjoyed their six, nine months, whatever it is yeah. they've taken off. But then they, they talk about this thing called baby brain, and how they yeah. just get a bit bored and they can't wait to go back and be with adults. I think it's and... different. I think it's di- I think it's really different with babies compared to I don't know. Let's say two year olds and above, because with two year olds and above, you're getting a more meaningful interaction. Uh, with, with babies, it is. I mean, you get it is harder with babies. I think than it boring. is with kids. Babies are boring. I will. Do you know? I want to give the you babies that. are boring. Babies are well boring from two years on. They're 18 fun. months on, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. And all, but also, you know, you, you, you've got to do stuff with the kids, so that stuff. But then when they go to school, there's, there's, there's still work to do. They're not sitting... I was being slightly flippant about Jeremy Carl. You have that on in the background. There's, there's still there's <laughs> stuff to do. I'd love it. I'd love it. Would you... Re- oh, I, think for- you'd get, I think you'd get frustrated. I'm frustrated doing this. I'm going to be I, frustrated wherever I go in my life. But I so. think after, I mean, it would be all right. Probably be quite fun yeah. for the first few months, yeah. and then I think you'd get frustrated no. and you'd you'd be kind of doing dances down your street or something. I do you? that anyway. I don't. What's, what's your beef? You do it more often. Anyway, from nine this morning, I'll be asking: Do you think it would be better if mums did stay at home with their children? I'd love your call. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. BBC introducing. Are we feeling good? Next Saturday night, BBC introducing is live from Standing Calling. So, welcome back to the BBC introducing stage. To celebrate the tenth anniversary of this great event, we've got a BBC introducing stage at the festival, and we'll bring you all the highlights and live performances from across the weekend. All right, check it out. We're going to try something now. This is a Kind of new song. Listen to BBC introducing at Standing Calling. We have a whole weekend full of fun. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you to the BBC introducing team. Standing Calling next Saturday night from eight on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. It's kind of a, a, a child heavy show. We'll go back to the story after half past about the uh, the mum and the Down syndrome kid in the washing machine. I can see a few texts coming in on that. You've seen it in the papers. 03459 455 555 but a story uh, that we've been talking about all morning. A mum in Bedfordshire is calling for more to be done after her five-year-old daughter was uh, coerced into acting out explicit sex acts at school by a male classmate. Uh, now we're treading really carefully. We're not naming the mum. We're going we're gonna to call her Sarah, not her real name. We're not going to name the kids. We're not going to name the school or even where the school is because we want to be really, really vague about this. But uh, as Sarah, in inverted commas, you, you're worried that the school isn't taking um, y- your concern seriously enough. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, I want it known that my decision to sort of talk to you today is purely in the interest of getting things changed. Um, 
as a handful of mothers um, at, a, at a school, we can't affect change by ourselves. Um, and I don't want anybody else to have to suffer the upset and the heartbreak that we have as a family. Now um, we're, we're going to tread, and, and, and this, you know, this is this is a really unpleasant story, and, and we need to tread carefully. I'm sure you can understand. You know, we've got we've got yeah, young ears yeah. listening and stuff. But, but your your daughter is five. How did yeah. you find out that, that that something had happened? Well, it, what I can say is that that during class time, my daughter was followed into a toilet cubicle um, by a boy from the same class. Uh, the boy locked the door behind him. Um, and my daughter was then effectively blackmailed into doing something mm. that no five-year-old should know about, let alone mm. be forced to do. Um, she was sworn to secrecy. Uh, she was told that if the teachers found out that they would all blame her, it would be her fault. Um, it wasn't her. It, she, it, as far as I'm aware, she didn't tell a soul. Um, it came to light because the boy told another girl um, in the class, and it was this little girl who unknowingly saved my daughter from further assaults by telling a teaching assistant. And then, how did you find out? Do you get a phone call? What, what, what's the kind of procedure? Well, I, well oh, I was, it's like that, yeah. is it? <laughs> well, I was, I was, I picked my daughter up from school because this happened in the middle of the day. Yeah, I, I picked my daughter up from from school as normal, um, and was asked to come in for a quick catch-up <laughs> oh. was exactly how it was sort of sprung on me um i was sat down um and, and told about what happened um and of course you, you can't digest this sort of thing just sat, sort of sat in a in a in a classroom on tiny chairs it, it's not something that i could really compute i went home that night and talked to my daughter and asked her to you know explain what 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 happened at school um, and we found out that, in actual fact, things were far worse than had even been reported to the teachers at the time. Um, we had to go in the following day and explain to the class teacher that actually things were, were much, much worse. And when you did, and I, 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 you must have felt absolutely terrible hearing that from, from your little girl, oh. when you spoke to the school again, with the, armed with that extra information, how did they respond? Um... It, it's, it's. I think. I think that the teacher was was quite significantly worried about it. Mm. At no point was I offered a, a, a meeting with the head teacher to discuss this. At no point was, you know, it was a case of, oh, go home. We'll contact the head teacher and we'll we'll give you a ring. You know, it was none of this sort of urgency about, oh my God, this needs addressing. This, you know, we need to sit down and, you know, you need to be speaking to to the head teacher about this, um, which I think was my first sort of, you know, it annoyed me slightly. Um, I, I understand that once the head teacher had been informed, um, and I'm assuming she'd been informed the previous day, again, that's not something I, I'm, mm. I'm aware of, um, but, but once she'd been informed about this additional information, they, they did contact the, the multi-agency safeguarding hub, which is, which is the agency in their policy that that they are supposed to refer these these situations on to. Um, I that I had the, the the weekend to sort of consider things, and I think I decided I made a decision to keep my daughter off school until um, they put into place a few things that I requested, such as separating girls and boys' toilets, mm. monitoring toilet use, which, I mean, let's face it, this happened in class. This was 
this was one pupil asking one teacher to go to the toilet, another pupil asking another teacher, a separate teacher. Um, so there's almost a bit of calculation here um, to go to the toilet. And, and this was all done during class time. Why why wasn't that toilet situation being monitored? I wouldn't mind, oh, I say I wouldn't mind, but that's not the right term. But no. they, the school had previous behaviours. They should have been watching this boy from More this this lad, uh, this right lad had been sorry. This this, yep. this lad had been mentioned before that there was something going on. There had been complaints made to the teachers no. on at least three occasions prior to this incident happening. So, as far as I'm concerned, they could have saved my my daughter from this from this because they should have they should have been reporting these minor less and, and I mean they, like I say less severe. They're still, yeah. you know, they provide you with a traffic light system. Yeah. Um, or, or I've seen documents that, that are traffic light systems. These are the behaviours are all in the amber. The three previous instances are all in the amber column. None of them were in the green. The green, the green isn't even isn't even applicable. Um, so all these other previous behaviours were in the amber column. My daughter's was in the red. I've just got to do a tiny bit of business, Sarah. We would normally go to the travel and the news now. I'm going to carry on talking to Sarah because I don't want to interrupt this. Uh, it's an incredible story, so apologies for anyone who's... We will get the news in a bit, and apologies for you waiting for the travel. We'll get that at quarter two. Um, yeah, what was your, you've taken your daughter out of the school. What was, what was the kind of final thing or, or the chain of, of decisions that made you think you didn't want her to be there anymore? Oh... Uh. I I think as a mother, when you send your child to school, you hope that they're going to be cared for, protected, looked after. Um, I've lost all confidence and faith in the school's ability to protect and look after my little girl. Um, I'm not satisfied that any of the incidents were taken seriously. Um, I, I think it's important to say here as well that I hear constantly banded about in meetings that I've had in multi-agency meetings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that this is normal behaviour. Sorry, te- normal behaviour. Because I know, and we're not going into specific details. I know, you know what what happened in the alleged incident. That that is not yeah. normal. You know, show me no. yours, I'll show you mine. Behaviour is it? No, it's no. it's it's, a, it's no. a sexual act. It, it it is, and it is not right that the school tried to say it's normal behaviour. I confronted the head about this. I said, Are you, is this what you're telling me, that this is normal? And I, I went through this, this document that she had provided um, to another person to, to sort of almost prove that this was normal behaviour. I went through this document and I asked her to read the point in the red that was specifically relating to the incident with my daughter. And she read it almost with sort of distaste and sort of sort of said oh well well um he, he didn't mean it in that context this was a behavior chart that's for five and 11 year olds and it clearly describes what is acceptable and what is unsafe behavior and it, it, in the red column was was what happened to my daughter and she turned around and said oh he didn't mean it in that context and then we'll have to agree to disagree um and, and basically, yeah, we were, I was ushered out of the office. I'm getting some, some messages from uh, from someone who I'll keep anonymous, who is a teacher, and is uh, is saying that um, the school, not from this school either, from a completely different school, uh, I can assure you the school will take it very seriously, but they'll be doing things behind the scenes to protect um, the boy. Uh, this sort of behaviour um, is a sign that the child is being abused. And, and that 
I think that seems that seems quite obvious. The fact that he was using that language, that not only did he d- d- do this, he was using that language. If you tell anyone, you'll get in trouble. Those yeah, aren't his absolutely. words, are they? That's that's the words you know of someone what, else. No. Absolutely. I I've spoken. I mean, when this happened, I rang the NSPCC and um, had long in depth conversations, and they said, you know what, they the school have a duty to safeguard this boy as well as your daughter. And I said, absolutely, God. I mean, you know, that's worrying. Mm. But what's happened is, as far as I'm aware, from, from and, and, and I, I know I'm not privy to anything that's been happening on that side of things, but I have been made aware that, um, you know, th- an assessment has been carried out and that there was no concerns. That, that, that's what I think, because basically the, t- the teachers are telling I think it's dealt with. Because social services have been around, they've said, you know what, there's not really a big deal, not really a big problem. We can't, we can't identify oh. a problem, therefore um, we're closing the case. Now, I, it, it, my my biggest concern here is that if if they can't address the reasons and the issues behind this behaviour, how on earth can they prevent it from happening in future? Do you feel sorry for the boy? I do. do I do, and and the, and the mother. And uh, I don't hold ill will against them because I think if I was in that situation I would want to know and I would want every single thing being done to help my my son to, to mm. change the behaviour you know and to, to make sure that there wasn't anything going on that I wasn't aware of I would be pushing and forcing that something be done that I, it gets support I mean gosh you know you're told your, your child or your son has carried out this act, you, you would be absolutely mortified. I know wouldn't I would. You just, I'd wouldn't also you? be mortified that I hadn't been informed about previous behaviours. Because so, I don't know that she was, because I don't think they were taken seriously. I think the teachers didn't even really register that there was, there was the, about the previous Despite the fact that the mothers went in mm. and spoke to the teachers, I don't honestly don't believe any action was taken. Sarah, I, I kind of have to move on. and I, I appreciate you yeah. talking to us and I appreciate you treating this as delicately as, as, as you have done, so thank you. A cu- couple of final questions. Uh, your daughter's in a new school. How's she doing? Is she all right? No, she, she's not. We, we've um, we've been applying um, oh, okay. all, all this summer. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not. Okay. We haven't made a final decision yet as to exactly where she's going. But, you know, she's got the summer holidays to... Uh, relax and enjoy and we're just waiting on some some applications and is she all right put through yeah i think so i mean you know she she was assessed um herself for any trauma and i think that you know they say she's young enough that she she can forget about it um you know she she didn't know she doesn't know what what she was being asked to do we we with our adult heads put all this Yeah, yeah emotion into it i mean she she honestly doesn't you know doesn't understand it so you know we've just sort of followed advice and 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 you know we're answering questions that she asks but we're not you know dwelling on it as far as she's concerned sarah um it sounds like you're doing a cracking job and she's very lucky to have you as a mum. and um uh, you know i'm sure you'll keep an eye on her and thanks so much for talking to us yeah. no thank you Ian. thank Take you very much you know let's hope let's hope that that poor lad gets some help as well those aren't. Those, he wasn't speaking his words there. Those are the words of somebody else that someone said to him, isn't that? Oh, just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Thank you, uh, Sarah. Not your real name. Uh, incredible. Um, 03459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the news now. Here's Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The headlines, Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At this week's inquest, the coroner questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. A post-mortem examination will take place today after the death of a 12-year-old girl from East Yorkshire during a school trip to France. A cyclist has been left with serious injuries after a hit-and-run in Hertfordshire last night. The woman in her 40s was found in Silver Street in Goffs Oak by a member of the public at around 7.45. And the Home Secretary, Theresa May, is launching an independent review of deaths in custody. Her review comes as the Independent Police Complaints Commission continues to investigate two deaths at Luton Police Station. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford have taken their summer signings to nine with yesterday's double signing of Jose Manuel Gerardo from Spartak Moscow and the Napoli defender Miguel Britos. Gerardo played under Watford coach Kike Flores at Atletico Madrid, whilst Britos says former Napoli teammate Valon Barami, another Watford summer arrival, helped persuade him to come to Vicarage Road. Liverpool have confirmed the signing of Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke for £32.5 million. He becomes their seventh summer signing, their second most expensive ever. Does former Liverpool striker John Aldridge think Benteke will change the way they play? No, I think that's a fallacy some people saying, you know, you know, he doesn't play the Liverpool way. He knocked Liverpool out the, the semi-final of the FA Cup and he played through the middle. You know, you ask some Villa players you hit the balls into the box, he comes alive obviously you look at him, you know balls in from wide areas seems to favour him, but that doesn't mean that he, he's, he's bad through the middle as well, you know he, not at all. He, he's very quick, he's very strong, he's very aggressive and that's something that we haven't got. Stevenage chairman Phil Wallace says building a new north stand at the Lamex Stadium will be a pivotal moment in the club's history. The Borough Council has granted planning permission for the new two-storey structure, which will seat over 1,500 people with additional conference and leisure facilities. Work could start this summer with the new stand opening in a year's time. Former Stevenage striker Calvin Zola played for Luton in last night's 4-2 friendly win at Thurrock. Jake Howell scored twice for the Hatters, with Pelly Ruddock playing 60 minutes on his return from injury. And Britain's Chris Froome retains the Tour de France leader's yellow jersey going into today's 18th stage. The Team Sky rider has a three-minute, ten-second advantage. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Dave's on the line. Morning, Dave. How are you this morning? Are you good? So I can't hear you, Dave. You're a little bit quiet. Are you good? Yes. Excellent stuff. Uh, what, what have you been doing? Uh, we haven't spoken for ages. What, what have you been up to? I've done a little garden. Oh, that's nice. Was it? Was the ground... No, it's been quite dry. Was the ground soft? Tough, mate. Oh, was it really? You need to get... um. Ginger Baker involved. Who the hell is Ginger Baker? Oh, blimey. Well, don't start getting stroppy, will you? Calm down, David. Excuse me. Hello. Are you real? Hello. Are you real? Hello. Are you. Are you real? Am I talking to myself? Yes. A stupid program. What are you beefing on about? That geezer sits behind that microphone. 
Are you real? Yes, thank you. Cuff, mate. Oh, dear, I pray we go again. I like the mushy peas. I like the mushy peas. Da, 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 da. As you know, I, I deal in facts and not fiction. Yeah. Oh, no. Hit me again. Touch me. Touch me. I want to feel your body. Ooh, touch me. Go away. Eeny, you're an idiot. <laughs> Yes. Thank you, boss. Dave, what would you like to say, mate? You've been on the phone for um, eight minutes and... No, two minutes and 33 seconds, and you've not said anything of any merit yet. Well, is that my problem? Is that my fault or yours? It's my problem. It's your fault. No, it's not. Not much. You're what? I'm I'm just standing here. You were sitting a minute ago. What what made you stand up? No, no. Shut it, pal, right? Do what? Shut it. Again, just one more time. Just shut it, pal. Okay. I think he's saying shut yeah. it. So okay. Right. What do you want, mate? You're interrupting my cup of coffee. Um, are you going to listen? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. No, flew. A flew? What did you say? Oh, what did you call me? A guzzler. It just gets better and better. It just gets better and better, doesn't it, Dave? Yes. Yes, it does, Dave. Are you going to listen? Um, I mean, I, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, go on then. Why? Why not? Go on. What you got? Right. Let me explain. Yes. On the 26th and 27th of this month, Luton Borough Council are going to close down Hatter's Way again to called Gridlock in Luton at night... Uh, during the day. Hang on. So hang on. They're going to c- c- close down Hatter's Way in Luton to cause gridlock at night time during the day. That don't make no sense, mate. Try again. Right. On the 26th and 27th of this month, Hatter's Way between, Dun- between Luton and Chorlin Lane is going to be closed down during the day, the weekend. It's going to bring gridlock to Luton, which it has been over the last month. What are they doing it for? Just to wind you up? I've got no idea. This is what I'm asking you. It's probably just to wind, it's to, it's to wind you up, mate, isn't it? They want to get a you, Dave. They're teaching you a lesson, Dave. No. I want to know what they're, what they're doing. Uh, Why so are they doing this at night time? Because uh, I imagine it's quite a big job, and so it takes a couple of well, days. It's not. Well, what it's are they, not. You don't know what they're doing. But all they're doing, I can see, or uh-huh. other can see, yes. is they're doing the drain holes. I don't uh-huh. know what for. Well, because maybe they need new drain holes. Well, can they do this at night time, through the night, so that we've got a clear run of not a gridlock in Luton, Berry Park, Leegrave? It's two Luton. days. One of those days is a Sunday. There won't be a gridlock on a Sunday. I'm telling you it is, mate. I'm telling you it isn't, mate. I'm t- you ain't here. You're not around, are you? No, I'm along. You try and get from Lee Grove to Luton. Well, just don't try. We're well, all right. Uh-oh. So on a, on a Sunday, Dave. Right? Oh, was it the 26th and 27th of September? Yeah. Right. Oh, no, so- September, July. Oh God. You said September. No, I'm saying this month. Right. Okay. So the so on the Sunday oh, of dear. at the end of this. I'll give you a slap in a minute. You're not big enough, mate. When you are, you'll be too old. Would you like a slap? Yes. Well, you're going to get one. Right. 
on the last Sunday of this month, you're planning to go to Berry Park, are you? No, into Luton. Why? See my grandchildren. Right, well, um, you tough. Go a different way. Well, you can't because that's all come to a gridlock. So that's the, the only road. way... What, but there won't be a gridlock on the Sunday. It will, mate. I'm telling you. It's it a Sunday. There'll be a little bit of traffic oh, on a Sunday. Yeah. If they didn't well, put new drain holes on... What's a, hang on a minute. Catherine, what's a drain hole? Does he mean a, does he mean a drain cover? Do you mean a drain cover, David? Well, they're holes, but they've got to refill them in. If you go along Hatter's Way, you can... I'm talking about it. Right. So you're telling me, yeah. right, you, th- yeah. that you don't want them to put new drain holes in? Well, no. What, what are they doing? Uh, well, you don't know. You to... complain. You phone up. They might be doing something really important. In fact, they're not going to close a road for something that's quite trivial. Unless if it's... It, um, it, in fact, saying that, uh, J.K. Rowling's getting her bush trim back and they've had to close a whole road for it. Imagine well, that, Dave. Yeah, but can we ask the council no. what they're doing on that road? No. Well, let, uh, let's hope they, somebody will come on they and explain won't. it to us. The, for, for a start, Luton Borough Council don't particularly like me, which is fine. Secondly, it's boring. Well, I don't like you, anyhow. I love you, Kath. I love you, Kelly. Okay, well, Kath's about to own you, mate. It's, so... not, it's not about drain holes. Dave, what are you talking about? You're a... It is about drain holes. I'll tell you what it's about. Go on, Kath. Have you got a pencil, Dave? Yeah, go on. Write down these words. Yeah, pull it out of there and write this down. Yeah, go on, then. Skid on. resistance. Minor cracks. No, it's they're, not. they're filling not. in the cracks. You'd love they're that. Not. They, they they're are. Not. They're surface dressing. They're surface no, dressing. They're hang well, on a minute. Look, hang uh, on a minute. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. David, where are you getting your information from? Because if you look along the road. No, 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 no. Where are you getting down. your information from that they're doing drain holes? Because if you go along the road... Because you've looked. You've looked. Right. You've looked okay. at the road. Because Catherine, where are you getting your information from? From Lutonborough Council. Um, right. And also, can I just pull you up on another point, David? And I hate to do this, but, I, you know... Yeah. Has he got the dates wrong? Well, Monday the 27th of July and tw- Tuesday the 28th of July. Not a weekend, last <laughs> time I checked. Sorry. 25th, 26th. Right. 29th and Thursday, the 30th of July, (laughs) 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. both days, they're going to be doing it again. They're dressing the road so that you don't get... Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What times are they doing it? Right. Monday 27th, Tuesday 28th, from 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. They're doing it in the night time, Wait, wait, wait. Through to 2. They're doing it in the night time until mid-afternoon and then they're going to clear it up. If you see the signs leading into Hatter's Way, it's got up there the 25th and the 26th, 6 a.m., Right. Do you know what? I'm late. I'm late for the travel, Dave. I'm going to cut oh, you off. Yeah. Okay, cheerio then. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. You, 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 have we satisfied you, Dave? No. Thanks for calling. Good boy, slackers. Don't be so rude. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queuing on the M25 clockwise after an accident at Junction 19 for Watford. It was completely blocked until a couple of minutes ago. Busy from Junction 17 at Maple Cross. Uh, The M1 going north delays because of an accident that's also on the hard shoulder between Junction 12 for Flittick and 13 for Milton Keynes South. They're looking very slow through that. A lorry to two cars involved. In Dunstable, the High Street North uh, delays because the traffic lights aren't phasing properly at the Church Street Junction, the A505, only letting a few cars through at a time, making it very busy through the centre of Dunstable. Copal, Bedford Road, that's queuing because of an accident at Willington Road. It's busy on the A603 from Park Road. And in Bedford, Lewis has called to say it's very busy on Paul Radcliffe Way through the roadworks at Clapham Road. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lewis. A guzzler. I beg your pardon, Dave. 
Leave us alone. Will you keep your mouth shut? Just shut it, pal. Steady on. Outrageous behaviour. Forty-eight. Oh, I've been so off on my timings today. It's Thursday, the twenty-third of July. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital says changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. A cyclist has been left with serious injuries after a hit and run in Gough's Oak in Hertfordshire last night, and, inve- and an investigation is underway after a twelve-year-old British girl died in a swimming accident on a school trip to France. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. A fine day today. Yes, it has become a little bit hazy, the sunshine out there at the moment. And that's the way we'll stay generally for the rest of the day. But at least we're dry and fine with a top temperature of 19 or 20 Celsius. A much more usable day today than tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course, we're tracking this area of low pressure, which is expected to bring us some rain. Not long after breakfast time. In fact, when I speak to you in 24 hours' time, I think the first of the rain may well be with us. There has been a lot of uncertainty and uh, just about the positioning and timing and and really how prolonged this rain is likely to be, particularly for three county. Not bush. That's me. Just in case you didn't hear that an hour ago, that that's me. That he's mocking there. Anyway, uh, not bush. <laughs> Look at your app. I'm back with more later. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Every Saturday morning from six, David Priva. Are you surprised to hear of people still leaving their dogs in cars in hot weather? No, I'm not really. I think they're uneducated. What did you do? Broke the window at the back, the small, like a little quarter light window. And I thought, I'll leave it on the Sweeney. You know, you put your elbows through. That the Sweeney? Well, <laughs> <laughs> David Priva. Hang on. Kristen, you've got to calm down. I'd have plenty of water with me and the sun hat on and everything. It's Prince Philip who uh, was a little bit uh, agitated in the heat yesterday. He dropped the RAF word, I think, is the <laughs> phrase. <laughs> if uh, your weekend diary is looking empty and you're thinking, what shall I do? Let me fill it up for you. David Priva, every Saturday morning from six on BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, oh three four five nine four double five five double five. We got any texts, Catherine? Before I go to Andy and Mark Yates, let's have a little let's look. Let's have a look see. at the taxi machine. The sexy um, taxi. Oh yeah, talking from this is Adam in St Albans talking about the scandal in the newspaper about the mum who took it's a picture of her. Such a made-up story. It's a laugh. Mum posts picture of Down's boy in washing machine, and then you read the story. We are supposed to be outraged at this um, scumbag and a nutter. Um, because she's put a two-year-old boy in the washing machine who's got Down syndrome and she shut the door and she took a picture. Most of that isn't true. He climbed in there, she held the door shut, but it's still open a bit. She took a picture, then she got him out. That's yeah. what we do with parents. If my, if my kids went towards the washing machine, I would pull them out and wouldn't allow them. In fact, they've tried to get in the washing machine. Put, if I found the kid in the washing machine, I'd take a picture, then i get the kid out. Of course I I've would. I've got pictures of my kids in boxes, washing oh, baskets. boxes. I mean, they like love cats. boxes. I've been in a tumble dryer. Is it? Well, that was recently, though. Yeah, I know. Tumble dryers are massive. Mm, it was a small one. I, was, oh. I had to unplug it first. Tiny tumble. Tiny tumble. Safety first. Mm. Yes. Yep. Well, anyway, Adam Innocent Auburn says that mum didn't do anything wrong. Maybe what they're offended by was the idea that parents of Down's children can have fun. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing. That, 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 you know, they, they mess around too. They can do daft things too. Yeah, the underlying tone seems to be that this is an exploitation of, of somebody who is even more vulnerable than your, in inverted commas, average two-year-old. That is, is mocking the disabled. It's, not, it's just done a silly thing. It's just, it's just a kid doing a silly thing. That should, she should be applauded for um, treating this child as she would treat any other child. She should be, should be applauded for that, not uh, uh, paraded around like that. What's well, the idea that one of her neighbours is at a go trying to attack her? Yeah, neighbour neighbor went and... Um, Anyway, we'll talk to, uh, I think Daly's taking that to the streets in a bit. First of all, Andy's in Markgate. Morning, Andy. Hello, Ian. Hello, Andy. What you got for us? That was a heavy sigh. No, no, it's all right. It's quite all right. Um, I just wanted to say that I think the the campaign for Penn School is uh, a very noble project by, by yourself and the team. So I, th- I think they should be saved. Well, it's and not. I, I... It's it's not really. Just it, we're not. It, it's not really a campaign. All of us are here. Here are to varying degrees. Um, really peed off with what's going on at Penn School yeah. in High Wycombe, and uh, th- um, some of us are furious at seeming the lack of contact that the trustees of the charitable trust have uh, have had. They won't speak to us. That's fair enough. But they won't speak to the parents. But who they will speak to is their mate who runs a PR company in Soho in London who sends us uh, increasingly stroppy emails. Well, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I guess this is kind of us doing our job, Andy, really. You know, all this messing around with Dave and stuff is a bit yeah. of fun, but that's what it's about, really, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's, very, it's, a very good pro- it's a very good thing that you're highlighting there. Well, thank I you. I won't call it a campaign, but no, I really no, no, support I'm, it. Well, thank I you. Hope I, I hope that it gets... It gets some support nationally, quite honestly. I know you said about it might do. I, I can't yeah. say too much, but I know that there are two um, bigger um, organisations than uh, this show on BBC Three right. Counties Radio who are sniffing around the story. They got in touch with me and Catherine uh, throughout the day yesterday saying, oh, this story is incredible. Well done for the yeah. way you did it. Can you give us a bit more detail? So, fingers crossed Good. Uh, that these, these kids get a louder voice than just us shouting. Yeah, great. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I never know how to take compliments, but uh, as, as it's for the team, I'm more than happy to allow that one to come on. But yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, fingers crossed that these two um, bigger news outlets will pick up this story and, and, and run with it. Partly because of the way, um, uh, partly bizarrely, because of the press statement and the way we dealt with the press statement from the PR company that, that, that some of these people have gone. Oh. That's an odd way of dealing with this. What, a, what an interesting story. So, so uh, Tim from the PR company, thank you, thank you, thank you. You, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have helped us immeasurably. It's much appreciated. But contrary to what you thought, it wasn't fun. No, yeah, you sent them out. Sorry to spoil your fun. Um, wow. We yeah, it, it was fun talking about a load of deaf and autistic kids that aren't going to have a school and are heartbroken. Yeah, that was fun. We enjoy, it's, it's part of the bants that we do here on this show. But, Tim, thank you so much. You've, you've been more helpful than you will ever know. Uh, right, so, Justin. Mm, boss, good morning. <laughs> good morning, boss. Uh, if you want to hear the Penn School stuff, by the way, uh, there is a podcast that went out yesterday. Kelly put it together. It is excellently put together. That's not the end of the story either. That's not mm, the absolutely. end of the story. There will be plenty more to come. Uh, Justin. Yes. Story. Mum, two-year-old kid. By, he's got Down syndrome. I don't think that's relevant to the story. Um, he's in a washing machine. She takes a picture. There's outrage. We're meant mm, to be mm. outraged at this story. <laughs> I'm not outraged. It's, you know, uh, pfft, 
It's a mum and a kid having a laugh. Brilliant. Well, I've got... Any parent will tell you, I've got so many pictures of my kids in inappropriate and awkward and uncomfortable positions because they do. And then you you take the picture very quickly. I mean, it may be a a, a slight on Western civilization. We take a picture, then we get them out of the hole. Because our parents would have just told us about it endlessly at grown-up parties, you know, years after the fact. Now we've got the footage. (laughs) But, guys, but the the pictures you're talking about there, if you took that photograph, would you then put it on social media? Yeah. Would you do that? I you don't. Would? I don't put kids. I don't put pictures of my kids on Facebook. So no, mm. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't see a problem if someone did because it's because it's because it's people share pictures of their kids. Yeah, I don't go yeah. on Facebook very often. I only have my friends on Facebook. And if I was going to put a silly picture on, I'd put a silly picture on. Okay. Have we fallen out, Justin? It was, we no, were getting, no, we were getting not at all. No, 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 not at all. I'm, I, was, I was simply asking the question. I mean, looking at that photograph myself personally, yeah. if somebody's taken that and, as she says, that the child was laughing and joking at the time, had an obsession with, with washing machines, yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that there's two stories. Is that right? And also, yeah. would you put yeah, a picture yeah. like that on social media? I, I, That's all. I, I do think that we overshare on. I do think that we yeah. overshare yeah. on Facebook but in let's terms be honest, of what though. We, we show. Let's be honest, though. That's what social media is. That and cats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and pictures and tape. Great cat videos out there, by the there way. Some, some crackers. Way, if there's some great, if you go and Google, uh, go to YouTube and type in cats in washing machines. It's it's out <laughs> of hilarious fun. Uh, Justin, you've taken this to the streets. Yeah, I've taken to the streets in the last ten minutes or so. Um, I've taken the picture. I've got got people's opinions. Here's what happened. I think it's a load of rubbish. I don't think she's done it. You think that's a fake photograph? I think it's a fake photograph. Okay. Let's just say the photograph is real, okay? Yeah. I've got no reason to doubt it is. Uh, a two-year-old child in a washing machine, she's taken a photograph, put it on Facebook. Is that acceptable? No, it isn't acceptable. Tell me why. Well, it's not the kind of thing you, you would do with a two-year-old child. Well, apparently the two-year-old child really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you think that photograph is acceptable? No, I don't. But, I mean, the... The internet's a, a service where anyone can put anything, mm. and it should remain so. So even though I find that abhorrent, um, uh, abhorrent, I would, I would never do anything to act against the internet. <laughs> there you go. Great answers on the streets this morning. He would never do anything <laughs> yeah. to act against the internet because you take the internet on, my friend. You take on um, yeah. a, a, a mighty beast. Yeah, the big uh, guys. Justin, excellent stuff. Well done again for yesterday. Um, Thank you. you, you, and back, you back here. Get get Kath to um, send you the emails we've had from um, the PR company. I'd love to see them, actually. I would love to see them. Again, I've worked in PR. I know how it works. Yeah. To actually sit down... Maybe you want to teach this guy a thing or two. Well, well, well I say, to, to actually sit down and put a statement together takes hours. Yeah. So all we were asking for was a few minutes with, yeah. with the trustees on the phone. That hasn't yeah. happened. I'm hoping that is going to happen we'll get, at some well, point. Do you know what? We, I, I'm, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to guarantee this. We're going to get them at some point. We're going to get yep. one of the trustees or a former trustee at some point. I don't have any inside information. That, that I, mm-hmm. I just we, we, we are. That's how determined we are not to let this story go. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queuing on the M25 clockwise after an accident earlier after Junction 19 for Watford. It's still busy from Maple Cross. Northbound on the M1. Delays because of an accident that's now been moved out of the way between Junction 12 for Flissick and 13 for Bedford and Milton Keynes South. In the centre of Dunstable, long delays on the High Street North uh, at the junction with Church Street because the traffic lights aren't phasing properly. It's busy on Church Street from Priory Road. Tom Watts, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tom, thank you very much indeed. So a podcast went out yesterday. It's quite a straight one, but it's an important one. You can down. You don't have to listen to it. 
I'm fully aware it might not be to everyone's taste, you know, but uh, it, it's there if you want it, and it's it's a cracking story. Uh, we're about to record the links for the uh, podcast that will go out tomorrow, so must go. Ta-ta! Ta-ta! Not bush. There we go. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you think it would be better if mums did stay at home with their children? As the school year draws to a close, a new report published today reveals exactly how much guilt and peer pressure working mums with school-aged children feel. The survey amongst mothers with five to 16-year-olds reveals that 34% of the thousand mums surveyed admit a tension between themselves and their stay-at-home peers. 62% of mums say the majority of play dates are made at the school gates, which means fewer invitations for children of working couples. But is it just a necessity that many mums have to go back to work now? This morning, I'd like to hear your reaction to this. Do you think it would be better if mums did stay at home with their children? In an ideal world, I'd love your call on 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News at one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedford Hospital say changes made after baby death, cyclists injured in Hertfordshire hit and run, and police search for missing man in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford Hospital say changes have been made following the death of a newborn baby there. At the inquest into the death of Casey Garrett, Coroner Thomas Osborne questioned whether Bedford Hospital is a suitable location to train midwives. He said there was a catalogue of errors leading up to the birth. The hospital trusts say they have already implemented a range of recommendations. Roy Lilly is a former NHS Trust chairman. To say that this hospital shouldn't be training midwives because of what has happened here, I disagree with that. I think that if midwives in training are not exposed to the full gamut of the the techniques of their craft and their skills and their profession, then that isn't training. A cyclist has been left with serious injuries after a hit and run in Hertfordshire last night. The woman in her 40s was found in Silver Street in Goffs Oak by a member of the public at around 7.45. Hearts Police say it's believed